This week on Invasion of the Podcast, this is the way to season two. To get in the sports ball spirit, we watch 1998's basketball. Does it hit a touchdown? And will Paul strike out on the big sports movie quiz I have for him? We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion the Podcast, where we try to take over the world one listener at a time. Uh, my name is Paul, and uh, somewhere supporting the Milwaukee Beers is Steve. Hello, I'm supporting everyone. Everyone? Everywhere? I'm, I'm everywhere with beer. <laughs> yes. So we'll be talking about uh, basketball uh, on our show this evening. Uh, it is it is easily available to to watch for four bucks on many streaming services. So if you guys have not seen this film before or have not seen it in a while, it's easy to get to. And this this is a first time watch for Steve. So I'm excited to talk to him about that. Uh, and I also, in a weird way, it's 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 been fun to to revisit some of this. Uh, the world is kind of a crazy place and that's putting it mildly right now. So it's these things of like, man, look at all that stuff going on outside. Oh, this is a movie where it's a made up sport and Eris Borgnine, uh, chokes on a hot dog repeatedly. Like, you know, like how do you get your brain into that? Whenever you look out, look outside and you're like, you know, I'm going to watch this other thing right now. So it was a welcome distraction, but it almost felt like I couldn't give my per- myself permission to watch it. Yeah, I mean, the way that you're talking about it sort of feels like the way that I was looking at Bill and Ted uh, face the music was that it was just it was such a much needed distraction and a reminder of a better time, even though it takes place in the present. But you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's fair. So uh, normally we talk about our weekends and I, I will mention that uh, this weekend I did I did jack shit um, and I'm happy about it. I just, you know, like I've been mentioning, I've been playing a lot of World of Warcraft. Uh, the new expansion comes out in October. Do a lot of house cleaning there. Talk about like a welcome distraction where it's like, oh, I can just go to a different world for a bit. You know, maybe that's not healthy, but that's what I've been doing. Um, I will say, uh, yesterday, I um, actually over the past couple of days, I've actually had to go to actual some retail stores physically. And you want to talk about anxiety. I went to a Best Buy for the first time in what, eight months? Uh, just two days ago, cause I was picking out my wife's birthday present. Uh, that was weird. Cause like, I don't know if the Best Buy had everything spread out because of social distancing or that they just don't offer the same amount of products as they used to because, and they have to justify the floor space. It was kind of confusing. I remember back in the day. And again, this was what, 15 years ago, um, going to Best Buy and just spending like an hour in their like DVD section and just like loving how much they had, how many like movies they had. And then the last time I was in a Best Buy, which I think was in the last year, there was maybe an aisle's worth of that. Yeah. And the movie, like it, yeah, as I say, the movie selection wasn't bad. It just 
Like there's no, there's no CDs anymore, which I mean, I get that. Um, but, uh, the video game section was really trimmed down, but it was just like, it, it's, it's a bummer, you know, but at the same time, it's like, I wanted to walk around the physical media and I'm sorry, I, I cut you off. Um, it's just, there was, uh, it was like, I still had this mounting pressure of like, get out of here dead inside, you know, like the walking, I don't know why I think there's zombies around every corner, but that's how it feels right now. So I wanted to walk and look at all the media and I wanted to be like, oh, hi guys, I miss you. Well, how's it going? I'm not going to buy you right now, but it was nice to see you. Okay. I got to go by. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I, it was the one thing cause I, uh, I didn't really have a computer back in the day. Um, I was too poor for that, unfortunately. And, uh, I didn't have, um, I didn't have, well, I had a CD player, I guess, but like, I never bought CDs from there for some reason, but movies were the one thing that I would look for. And, uh, I'm trying to think. I think we got our last TV from Best Buy. I think that might be the last thing that we might have bought from there, and that was a few years ago. So, I mean, I guess they're still doing well with, like, the electronics and um Yeah, like the tablets computers, and phones I assume. And and yeah, um, that, they do good with that. And so, I mean, they found, they found some uh, niches that have been good. Like, I picked up a, a Nest thermostat for my wife for her birthday. Like, I understand that those things are available elsewhere, but they do kind of have like a lot of the smart home items. Cause I know, I think I got, that's where mm-hmm. we got our Google home at too. Uh, so, I mean, I like, I, you know, it was, it was, it was, like I said, it was nice. And also, even though the selection at Best Buy has def- definitely went down, they still get like a lot of like new release, weird indie stuff that shows up. Like they get a lot of like, uh, indie horror stuff. Like what I mean by indie, it's like, you know, some of the stuff that's like VOD, but you end up like, Oh, I want to check that out. They'll often have that for sale, like a physical copy too. Um, so that's been, you know, it's every so often you're like, uh, like, do you remember that movie? It came out, Oh, three, four years ago. Cooties, the one with, um, uh, Harry Potter in it. Do you know what I'm talking about with the, like the school kids getting sick and the teachers are fighting them? Yeah. It's yeah. got Dwight from the office center. Yeah. 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 Well, or um, Ryan Wilson. I yeah. They say, had, but they I, had physical copies of that there. Like, like that, you know, that was surprising to me. I do know that Best Buy has had like quite a few like steel books. I yeah. don't care about steel books, so it's not something that I go out and look for. But I do know that they've had exclusive steel books uh, from time to time. Well, that's where I picked up, and I know that wasn't them specifically. That's where I got that Transformers uh, steel book at. That you know. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Anyway, and it was so it was nice to go there. But yesterday, I went to a spirit store, and because um, again, you know, it's my wife's birthday, and they, it seems like right now, like uh, the spirit stores are leading into a lot of collectible items as well as costume stuff. And now is the age of Hocus Pocus, you know, and everything, right? So I was like, oh, I know she loves that film. And I went in looking for stuff. And I have my my cloth mask, and I've talked about this on the show before, is a half mask as opposed to a full cloth mask. That'd be weird, right? Just walking around, can't see anything and bumping into stuff. No, it's the half mask. It's the lower half of like Jason's hockey mask. I knew walking in the spirit store, I was going to be looked at like I was like, oh, it's that guy. You know, look at him. Mm-hmm. You know, like, ugh, I don't want to deal with this. But I walked in, found found a gift for my wife, walked around for a minute to see if there's anything else around. But one of the people there is like, oh, like, oh, did you, like, we sell masks too. Did you want one of these ones to go all the way down and cover your neck? Like, and it was, it was of a Jason mask. And I'm like, I was like, no, I'm good. Like, why would I own multiples of the same thing in terms of like, it covers my face. It's Jason. Oh, this is, I'm sorry. This is my Tuesday Jason mask. Yes, I do need a I need a Wednesday one. Thank you for pointing that out to me. 
I don't think I've ever been somebody tried to like sell me at Spirit. Yeah, no, like, she I'm was like, lucky "Oh, if there's someone at the cashier when I go to <laughs> to check out." Yeah, they're, they're like, uh, "Oh, fit your style." I'm like, "What masks?" I don't know. Like, just it was weird. And, but that does bring me back to to Best Buy real quick. I think that that was the one thing that would keep me from going into Best Buy a lot of times was is I, there were two things that happened. One, uh, I couldn't turn a corner without somebody being like, "Hey, you need some help?" No, I'm good. <laughs> You know, I, although there were times where I wanted to be like, you know, I'm just I'm having a bad day. Can we sit down and talk? Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing at uh, at Best Buy was is that no matter I feel like for a period of like five years, no matter what I was doing there, someone was trying to sell me an entertainment weekly subscription. <laughs> yeah, I remember that, too. You're right. Um, yeah. Uh, or like Sports Illustrator or some shit. I remember that. You're right. Uh, but yeah, so like I was in this plaza. That um, like there's a spirit store there, and then as soon as I walked out directly to my left was a, a Bath and Body Works, and I was like, and I know my wife likes that as well, so I just I took I walked in there, um, like and that was fine. The the, the one girl was trying to do the pressure sale on me too, and it's just like she's like, oh, what brings you here? I'm like, smells. Like what what the hell else am I going to be in Bath and Body Works for? It's like ah, oh, you know what? I was just thinking. You know, I was like, I was going to do a construction project. I was wondering, like, how many candles can I fit it? No, no, like, what? Like, everything smells. Why, why else would you be in Bath and Body Works? You want smells. Um, so she, you know, pointed out some sale items and everything. And, you know, I was like, I was being polite. But then, like, eventually I just looked at her. I was like, hey, I was like, you know, I was like, this isn't my first rodeo at a bed bath. Sorry, Bath and Body Works. I'm good. So, but the thing is, so I have my mask on. And I'm not saying that you can't smell smells with a mask on because you can. It's just that what like I just stuck to the things that I knew because what was I going to do? Lower my mask, take a bottle that somebody else touched, spray it, inhale it and, and go, ah, this is wonderful. Like what, what do you think was going to happen there? So I'm just like, I'll just take these four things. And also in the same time, when you have a mask on, you know, you're, you're smelling your own breath. So it's just like, why does everything smell like sloppy Joe's in here? I don't know why, you know, but uh, it was just, it was a weird experience that I couldn't get like the full like moment of contemplation of like, Oh, is this what eucalyptus smells like? Well, that's wonderful. No, it was just in and out. Um, yeah, it was just, I, I've never been so self-conscious, uh, for different reasons in a spirit store and a bath and body works back to back. To be fair though, if bath and body works smelled like sloppy Joe's, I'd be more inclined to go in there. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I'm looking for more of a man, which do you have? One of those? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I was just like, why does my, why do I like, why do I think my breath smells like an open garbage fire right now? That's not that, you know, anyway. So, um, do you have anything that smells like I've been working the fryer at Kentucky fried chicken like all day? Yeah. I'm, do you I'm, have anything like that by chance? Yeah. I'm looking for like uh, a neglected long John Silver's uh, hush puppy vat. Do you have that please? Like, you know, um, <laughs> but, but more, I need, I need a hand soap. I already have, I already have the body wash. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, that was my experience was like having to, you know, that was my, that's the most retailing I've done in like forever. And I'm good for a minute. <laughs> that was, that was enough for you. Huh? Well, I mean, I, I want to go do more, but like, I mean, you know, just no, and, no I'm, I'm not saying that with judgment <laughs> because I, I'm not going, you know, like I said, uh, we went to spirit, uh, like two weeks ago or two weekends ago. Uh, cause we were out like couch shopping, but you know, I, 
haven't done anything else since. So well, now I think about it. No though, judgment. Wearing the mask in the spirit store did it help me because I was smelling my own, you know, chili dog breath, as opposed to the smell of like all the latex, which usually like starts making me feel ill within like minutes of walking into those places. So th- I guess that's a plus, you know. But whatever. Yeah, it is interesting, and I don't think we've talked about Hocus Pocus on on this show very much. I. I don't know. I'm sure I've seen it all the way through, but I don't know that I've sat down and actually watched it. I feel like I've caught it at various points. So maybe I haven't seen it. Um, I have had this happen before where I'm like, sure, I've seen that movie. And I sit down and watch it. I'm like, I've never seen this movie. What did I what did I watch? And what did I think was this? So uh, here's the medium hot take on this. So I guess it's the medium heat take. Um, it's one of Mary's favorite movies. Uh, like she has, like I bought her last year, uh, a spirit, uh, sorry, Mary's my wife. If people aren't paying attention as opposed to like my girlfriend in Canada, uh, you know, she, she's very real, you know, like as opposed to my girlfriend in Canada, but, um, that implies that like, anyway, that's not going forward. Um, last year, a lot of the, they had, they did a lot of hoax pocus stuff at spirit. They actually had the Sanderson sisters, the three of them as Funko pops, which I know, like, I'm really hit or miss with Funkos, but I'm like, I know she'll love those. So I got those for her. I got her some wine glasses. I got a floor mat that says, goodbye, cruel world. You know, like, all good stuff. So, like, so some of that is really starting to come into vogue right now. Hocus Pocus is actually a fun movie. I'm not the biggest fan of it, not because it's, it's, it, it's an okay movie. It's just that the fandom around it, like, kind of punches you in the face where you can't speak ill of any portion of it or people just get really upset. And I, and I, I don't know if I said it here on the show, I said it somewhere once and people like, I saw people physically like take a step, not take a step back, but they kind of like, like reeled back after my statement where I'm like, hocus pocus is for girls of like, like, you know, my generation as like space jam is for boys. And everyone's like, what? I'm like, it's the same goddamn thing. Just get over yourself. Yeah, I just I don't ever remember and I don't remember it being a big thing until probably the last five years, I feel like. Yeah, it's right. Really risen to prominence. And maybe it's just been that like it, it's been on cable and in rotation for so long that it's become sort of like how a Christmas story has become the thing that people gravitate towards uh for Christmas. I Yeah, I don't well, know. And I mean I, I don't hold any ill will to it. I just I'm like, wow, it just kind of I feel like it really gained momentum in the last five years well you should give it a shot uh was it um mick garris if he didn't write it he directed it right it's one of those two i think maybe even did a little bit of both he did write it actually okay. i remember on his podcast him talking about uh writing it and uh i think there are a couple of drafts after what he wrote um after he left the project but okay. uh the thing that i think was interesting was and I, I know that i'm derailing us but during the pitch i think for it um he took in a bag of candy, like a just like a paper bag of candy, um, and like gave it to people to, to like smell. Is going back to your Bath and Body Works thing, but he's like, he's like, do you feel that 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 smell like that Halloween sort of trick or treat feeling? You know that when you see that or smell that, have that sensation. He's like, that's what I want this movie to be, and I always thought that was such an interesting like way to pitch a movie to be yeah, like, hey, it, you get it, here's yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's uh, fair. So, uh, but yeah, also uh, Doug Jones is in it too. So, like, there's there, hmm. there's redeeming qualities to it. I mean, Bette Midler, she she knows what kind of film she's in. Catherine Jimmy's in it as well. You know, the uh, Peggy Hill. You know, 
And it's just, it's, it's a fun movie. It's just, it's one of those things. And I, like here, here's me being, you know, the hypocrite. It's one of those things that you hold up a little higher because you grew up with and you loved it. <clears throat> Basketball. But I just, you know, like it's one of those things that like maybe you associate some like from like night, like nicer memories with. And it's, it's a perfectly fine movie and it's well done. Um, it's just that like, I don't know what it is. I just feel like whenever I was telling people, I'm like, yeah, I'm not about that. Somehow that became like this lightning rod, similar to my, um, my take on space jam, which hoax pocus is a much better film, but I feel like nostalgia is a hell of a drug, which that ties into last week. We talked about, uh, uh, action park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I think there's some, some things that'll tie into our main topic once we get there. So yeah. I'm not going to say any more, but yeah, that that's, definitely i think you're dead on on that yeah but i mean if you if you um just sit down and watch it like just on a lark or whatever like if you're working with it in the background i think you'll enjoy the film you know i think that's and that's really like what you said about the pitch of it being like feeling like halloween that's you know it's there's some good jokes in there and i think you would really enjoy it okay i i I, like i said i feel like I, i i've seen it like a very long time ago um, but again, I don't have strong memories of it and maybe I will sit down and watch it this, this Halloween. Um, I'm already like trying to prep like what I want to watch, uh, all of October long and, um, sort of like build my month around a, a movie marathon. So, uh, maybe Hocus Pocus will make it into the rotation and it'd be good to watch something that isn't just one of my go-tos all the time. So that's fair. And I know like, like uh, my wife's already getting into the Halloween spirit and you know, it's, it's happening. And I uh, like, uh, th- we have neighbors across the street from us that did their entire house already like Halloween stuff. And that's fun. And, but we like, we haven't done anything yet. I like Mary will take care of all that. But since we have that big lump in our front yard because of the plumbing that was done recently, it's, it looks like a 10 foot, like just, just like, I don't know. It doesn't look like you'd bury a body. It looks like you'd bury a Sasquatch or something, but there's like a big, <laughs> like there's a big sign for the plumbing company on that. I almost, I almost bought like a tombstone and wanted to write our, our credit card bill and just slam it down on the, the, the amount of dirt and like, everybody drive by and see this tombstone it says credit card or whatever it's like yep (laughs) you know um but yeah so it's it's getting halloweeny around here and also you know it's nice that like uh, as much as i prefer the warmer weather and i prefer 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 the lack of snow it's been nice that you know with the rotation of the earth and it's it's rotation around the sun that i'm not currently you know being pelted with um you know uh, Superman's death vision coming into this office finally. So that's been nice. You know, I'll, I'll take, I'll take a break in the heat for a moment and then I'll be, I'll be mad. I'll be mad in like two weeks when we get snow. Well, the opposite of that though is, is that it'll be 104 like October 18th or something, you know, like it'll, it, it, uh, there's yeah. nothing I hate than like, Cause I feel like this happens every year. We get like a nice, like, Oh, it's starting to feel like fall. It's starting to feel like fall. And then like it heats up and you're like, Oh God, it's summer again. And then it goes into like, well, now it's, you know, 27. What, you're I, like, what the like, hell? Like after the Indian summer though, it's like, I wonder how long this is going to go. It's like, ah, I can't feel my face. Like it just, <laughs> just goes downhill immediately. So <laughs> it's like, Oh, the, the leaves are turning. Oh, there's, I got to shovel my car out. Great. You know? But anyway, so yeah, that was, that was kind of my weekend leading up to here was, you know, doing nothing over the weekend, then being terrified of being outside 
and, uh, you know, smelling my own breath walking around. So pretty productive. <laughs> nice. My weekend, uh, which is funny because I, I don't remember if we talked about this in our weekend talk from last week or if we talked about it off air. I always say off air like we're, you know, on the radio. We're going but, live uh, coast to coast right now. <laughs> to, but, turn that dial, rip it off. I think I'd mentioned to you that I watched all of the season one of the boys last year uh, by myself because my wife had no interest in it and that I wasn't watching season two because my wife didn't have any interest in it. And um, I try to spend time with her and like pick things that we can both watch. Um, Well, funnily enough, someone who wasn't me recommended to her that we should watch the boys. And suddenly she wanted to watch it. Like, sorry, I'm gonna, like time out. I'm gonna do a Zach Morris time out here. Like, like uh, isn't I mean I'm not gonna be like isn't that the way? But it always seems like like with me I champion something and I try to tell my wife like I really want to do this. She's like yeah yeah yeah. And then like she'll see like one post on Facebook about something. She's like I'm interested in that. I'm like I've been shouting about this for months now. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the way it works as well here <laughs> in this house. So. Uh, so we did a rewatch of uh, season one and uh, we're caught up on the series right now. Um, uh, two things. One, um, just as good as the first season. But the second thing is, is that I've read that people are uh, review bombing it because of the release schedule. Yeah. It's bullshit. It's, that's such that a dumb thing. Bullshit. Yeah. And what's what Steve's talking about uh, for those live listeners right now. Call him. Be caller number seven, you know, right now. <laughs> Five, five, five podcast. Uh, so, um, is that people are upset that like, I think all season one came out at once, but this year for season two, they put out the first, um, four episodes. No, it was three up. It was four. No, three episodes, right? First three. And mm-hmm. then they're releasing the other ones on Fridays. And, and it's like, there's only eight episodes this season. You're already almost halfway through and people are like, Oh, you should just give it to us all at once. It's like, how goddamn entitled are we that like you can't wait a week? Like I get it. Amazon could have done that, but also they realized that they probably got like in terms of um, new content that's coming out that people are looking forward to. We're going to hit this drought because of production delays because of the pandemic. So if this is like the time for them to get more focus on what they're doing, I'm not upset about that. Also, I'm kind of happy that I don't have to sit there and like try to use an entire weekend to binge an entire show. I know I'm different like that, but the fact that like you, you shouldn't review bomb the production. If there's a way you can go to Amazon be like Amazon one star, same day delivery, but week to week episodes, bullshit, you know, like whatever that's on you, but don't, negatively reflect the show because you can't get it all at once. You you're saying you're upset that the thing you love, you can't have all the time. So I'm going to kill the thing I love. What does that, how does that even make sense? It doesn't make sense. And I, I, I think that people, a don't take into, Oh God, I'm trying not to be old man, Steve here, but like, I, I think people don't take into account like what, what goes into making content for you. Like, a TV show, a movie, a comic book, all that stuff takes time. And it's great that you want more of it, but don't shit on them when they don't give it to you all at once. And with that in mind, the showrunner I was reading uh, about the show, or at least the, the, the review bombing, 
he's like, yeah, he's like, we were, we kind of wanted to do it this way because while it was great last year when it debuted and all episodes, all eight episodes came out at once, he's like, we were really hot for like a weekend. He's yeah. like, everybody was talking about us. He's like, but once that water cooler effect wore off, he's like, the heat goes off and you're, you know, you're making your second season or whatever. He's like, we'd like to sustain that. And he's like, we also feel like there are moments within the episodes that end not is not really on cliffhangers, but they're building. And he's well, like, like even if I think did, that it's good yeah. to take a breath in between those episodes. And I totally agree. Like, even if they did, like, I, I mean, I, I'm not one that watches this stuff, but even if they did like a post episode discussion show or whatever, I, this is one of those shows I think is worthy of that type of like discussion because now, you know, <clears throat> now that, you know, Game of Thrones is over and like whatever, like, and I'm not saying this has the same type of magnetism as like Game of Thrones does, which I mean, I would argue the quality of this, like people shouldn't dismiss it as a superhero show. There's more going on with this and it's firing off on all cylinders right now. And it's, it's really, really good, funny and horrible and Billy Joel. It's really good. But, um, I'm like the same thing, like, um, like with, when, HBO released Watchmen like it was there and it came out each week. And then like, even if they did a boys like podcast, which HBO has been kind of doing with their programming now where you get like a little bit more ancillary content to go along with it. Like I told you last week, I watched the first episode of uh, Lovecraft country. I've not gotten back to it, but like, you know, I think, I think certain, certain, um, properties like digestion and processing is okay. Like, um, example, and this, I mean, this sounds like we're getting into news. We haven't gotten there yet, but you know, it's what we do here. Um, with the most recent season of the twilight zone, which I've covered on the other show that I do, uh, all 10 episodes came out at once versus the previous season where they released them weekly. And so my, my host and I made an active decision to watch them week to week without watching ahead and not binging it. And I think that became a much more rewarding, um, situation because it gave us time to consider as opposed to burning through it and not letting things kind of settle, you know, like what's wrong with that? Well, there's something wrong with that. And if you want to watch them all at once, just wait five weeks. Oh yeah. That's the other two. I was like, I don't want to wait five weeks. It's like, well, who cares? Like, like I'm so sorry that that we live in a world of endless streaming possibilities and there's other content you've not, you know, you've not discovered or consumed. Um, you know, it just get over yourself that you, you're not old man, Steve. It's just, you remember the days of th- this is going to be us dating ourselves that if we saw an episode of TV show, we liked, if we didn't have the VCR running, we would never know when we'd see that again. So we, like we enjoyed it at the time. And then when the avid of VCR taping came around, it's like, I gotta, I gotta catch it. I gotta catch that one. You know, like we have it so easy now with this stuff. Just calm down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it, it it just it I don't know I, I I can't find I can't find a way to rationalize just attacking something that you like because it's not given to you the way you want it I just I can't yep. I can't bring my myself to think in that way so um, with that out of the way uh, boy season two just as good as the first season um, really enjoying it um, at some point I. I would like to go back and, and read the comics. I, I think at this time, I think they're, and they're not really that similar, but they're different takes on superheroes. I think at the time when the boys came out as a comic, uh, I think the thing that I gravitated more towards was Brian Michael Bendis's powers, okay. which was yeah. p- 
police, uh, you know, working with superheroes and finding out that the superheroes aren't all that they appear to be. And, and I'm not saying they're similar in, in any way, but I feel like at the time, those two were the two like big non-traditional superhero books uh, where it's like superheroes are in them, but they're not about them exactly. Well, I'd even argue uh, that like uh, even like the Ultimate Avengers, when they first kind of came out, it was kind of breaking that down. I know that was set in like a Marvel universe. They weren't mm-hmm. afraid to pull the veil back and realize like there's problems here, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I want to check out some of the comics. I'm excited to see the rest of season two. Oh yeah. And then the other thing that I'll mention uh, for those of you who have uh, HBO max um, or go, if that's still available <laughs> as well, I think it just migrated everything to, to max, but um, there's a show called the vow. It's a documentary. Oh yeah. About um, Nixium or whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah. That's, I haven't watched the documentary, but there is uh, a podcast I listened to called behind the bastards. And they did a, a two part series like three years ago about uh, that guy. I forget his name. The guy that leads the thing. It's Keith. Uh, it's Keith Raniere. Keith Raniere. That's his name. Yeah. yeah it is. Um, it is messed up. So if you're like me and the only thing I really knew about this story beforehand was that Smallville's Allison Mack was somehow involved. Um, going in, you're going to have your mind blown. And it's a, slow, uh, it's a slow burn with the documentary, because I think there are only four episodes available so far, but there's nine total. Well, did you review so- bomb the documentary for not being available to binge? <laughs> you're like, I need to binge this misery and human wreckage all at once. One star. But it's a uh, it's very uh, it's a very fascinating documentary. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, the next I think six or five episodes. And uh, I would say if you're looking for something on HBO Max to watch, I haven't watched Lovecraft Country yet because it's also on my list. But uh, I definitely uh, would recommend The Vow. Yeah. So those are probably going to be the two things that I'll be watching over the next like six or seven weeks or you know steve watch watchman how about that i don't know if you you watch that yet but you, you know that's the thing i haven't <laughs> uh somebody's got to tell my wife that people love the watchman and then we'll probably get to watch it um yeah i'll just be like i'll make a fake i'll make a, a fake um facebook account and be like i really love the show it's like well that guy you know that guy with no <laughs> profile picture you know that that egg on twitter says it's pretty good <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all so right. I, I admittedly didn't watch it when it first aired just simply because I'm not a huge Watchmen fan. That's where I differ from a lot of comic book fans is I'm, I don't think it's the end all be all that everyone does. Doesn't mean that I think it's bad. I just don't get from it what I do from some other stories that That's I kind of hold up there. So I, was, I wasn't that interested. And then, you know, I just kept hearing about how amazing it is. And I think you raved about it. I think El Goro raved about it and then everyone else in the world uh, raved about it. So it's on the list. It's your, it's um, your Cobra Kai, right? That's the, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, but I'll, I'll say this. One of, one of my, one of my friends who didn't see the movie, didn't read the comics, watched the series and they were like, texting me about like, this is amazing. I'm like, I'm like, you're able to follow this. He's like, yeah, it's really good. And he's like, and so he started like reading like all the, the, like the back stuff going into it. And then after watching the series, they watched the movie, which that doesn't line up exactly because the series is a continuation of the comic, not the movie. But you know, the movie gets a lot right and it gets a lot wrong. 
you know, so you can kind of piece part what's going on there, but it is, it's a hell of a thing. And right now, Steve, in the midst of everything going on in the world, it's bizarre to me that Watchmen was weirdly, um, prophetic in some ways. Like, so I'll leave it at that. Okay. Yeah. It's on the list. Uh, hopefully I'll get to it soon. Um, like I said, uh, feel free to reach out to Kathy and yeah. let her know that we should watch it. Perfect. All right. Uh, yeah. So that was kind of some news before we get to some news. Uh, any other, any other weekend things going on Did it happened or no, we're good. good to some no, news? I, I think those are the, the two main things that, uh, happened over the weekend. Okay, cool. All right. News. everyone i just like announcing news real loud i've never done that before it feels right uh so uh the the first story here is that uh the mandalorian season two the trailer teaser trailer came out we don't normally like i know we talk about some trailers and it's kind of like you know yeah it's it's good to get like some takes but i am so 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 tired of like here's the trailer breakdown here's things you may have missed here's a 45 minute video about the, the the minute and a half trailer for the mandalorian I didn't watch any of that. I just watched the trailer and I'll say this. Um, two things. One, watching the trailer yesterday made me listen to like an hour and a half compilation of all the score from season one while I was working. And goddamn, that score is amazing. Like all of it's so good. Uh, it just, it just, it's amazing. And then watching the trailer, I don't normally get chills anymore watching things or like get the goosebumps because I think we've become jaded as like content consumers from a podcast point of view, I know that sounds like a, like a first world problem, but it happens because you and I will, will, will both agree that we, we pick media to consume and we may not always be in the right headspace, but it we got a clock. It's ticking. We got to do it right. It's that's, we got to put the hard hat on and watch the pop culture stuff. Uh, but this, something about this has gave me chills and it's, I don't know if it was the music or what the Mandalorian has, has, has won my, um, unwavering faith until it proves to me that it's not going to do good things. And this trailer Mm -hmm. shows a lot of good things. The trailer feels very much. And again, it's all over the, the first season, but it really feels like somebody who genuinely loves star Wars and is playing in areas that aren't very well developed. And they're like, Hey, do you remember that like weird, uh, one eyed, uh, Cyclops guy that's, uh, in the cantina he's on screen for five seconds. Let's go ahead and make him a character. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 I love the approach that they're taking with the series. Obviously the overall story being very lone wolf and cub and everybody loves baby Yoda, obviously. And come on, if that, if that moment in the trailer where um, shit's about to go down and Baby Yoda closes his little like bassinet thing, yeah, because he hears the it, whispering birds or whatever start to fire up, he's like, "Oh, I'm done." Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if that didn't make you chuckle, I don't know how to help you because I was just like, "Oh, that's a that's a wonderful little moment." And uh, it, it's only been a year, but it feels like it feels like it's been forever without it. So I'm very excited to return to the Mandalorian. Yeah. I'm going to review bomb it. Cause it's not going to come out at once though. I'm going to be like, <laughs> love the Yoda, love the Mando, but screw Disney for not giving me the thing I want all the time. Man. Have you, have you watched any of that documentary series on the, uh, on the show? No, I haven't. I need to like, you know, you, I, you, you know, I love details. I just have not sit down and done that. 
Yeah, like I said, I remember when it was first announced, uh, they were like, yeah, it's an eight-part series. I'm like, there's only eight episodes in the season. Like, it seems like a little much. And then I sat down and started watching them. I'm like, all right, I was wrong. Either. <laughs> give me more give me more i'll take it all uh, so can i just say though like this is going to piggyback off our discussion a few weeks ago when i i asked you to watch uh for a few dollars more and talking about morricone like i don't i don't know if this gives you a little bit more appreciation for the mandalorian and just its scoring and how like watching the trailer i saw some of the youtube comments everyone's like look at this this is like there's like a morricone moment i'm like no shit like Yes. Like, I'm not trying to be that guy, but it's like, was it Ludwig Gordonson? I think is the name of the composer. He, you, yeah. you, you know, this guy loves Morricone and I'm, and I, I hope before Morricone left this world, he heard some of the score because it, it, it would not exist without him, you know? And it's like, I, I just hope that you can appreciate that, that marriage now of like, of that. I don't know what it is. It's just so, it's so goddamn good. And I'm excited. Like I, like as much as, uh, like I said, I was talking about, like, do we deserve escape right now when things are bad? Because they are. And I like, you know, say what you want. We could argue. Steve and I aren't going to argue because we're lockstep with all our beliefs, especially, <laughs> especially about spam being, you know, just, it could be a snack and a meal, you know, like we, we're, we're completely together on everything. Um, but uh, he doesn't like he doesn't like the bumbleberry beer as much as I do, but you also had that with tacos once, so I don't know if that's the right pairing. But other than that, ninety nine point nine percent of the way we're we're in lockstep. The world's at a like our day to day. We might be okay, but overall things are kind of shit. Do we deserve this? Do we deserve the joy of our Disney overlords bringing us a little bit of Mandalorian? I don't know, but I'm rushing headlong towards it, and I I hope it's amazing. Yeah, I'm. Speaking of being lock and step, yeah, I'm absolutely looking forward to this. Season. And the spam and, thing. And, uh, and the spam thing. I just, I just want to say, I didn't get Morricone from the, the music. I heard didgeridoos, and I immediately thought of Dewey Cox. So. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm talking like, go back, listen to the season one stuff, like how, like it, like there's that, there's the like the the vocal stuff, the guitar that comes in, like. Morricone mm-hmm. would bring every tool he had to get the emotion he wanted. I feel like that a lot of that's here too with the Mandalorian scoring and, uh, and the fact that like they're, you know, the, the, I, I'm going to go back and watch the first season again, just because one, I've been missing it. Uh, and, 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 and two, it's like, it just Mando is the, it, he's Clint Eastwood with the helmet and I need, I need, sorry. And by Clint Eastwood, I mean from the spaghetti Westerns, not current Clint Eastwood. Cause no, um, but I need I need more Mando, and I'm excited for this. Yeah, and I, I really like the idea that we're still in a world where um, Jedi's are sort of God. they're they're I, he refers to them as like old sorcerers. Like I I love the idea of the the everyone else who's not you know uh, intimately involved with with the. Uh, the story that would be happening in other parts of the galaxy have this sort of like notion of them being a crazy old wizards. So, yeah. And that we talked about this before that my fear was that they're going to just like make a chock full of Jedi. And I feel like that it's going to be introduced, but I hope it doesn't become like, Hey, you guys like season one. Now we're going to pop this thing at the seams and stuff it full of all star Wars, as opposed to this star Wars. And 
I'm worried. So I, far, the trailer doesn't show that. I think the benefit to uh, to how well they've put together the Mandalorian so far is, is that it's going to seep into the other st- into the other series. I think that they're really going to give the care and attention that the Obi Wan series that they're going to do that it needs. And my understanding is, is the Obi Wan series is one season and done. Um, so I'm 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 very anxious to see what they do with the rest of the universe or these other shows that they're going to do. I think that the Mando effect is probably going to play pretty heavily. And as long as they get people who love this stuff, the way that Dave Filoni and John Favreau does, I think we're in good hands. Yeah, I agree. So yes. So, all right. So that's the first story Uh, next to Steve does not know about. These are both kind of secret stories, but I think they're appropriate to Steve and appropriate to our main topic tonight. Uh, the first story is website seeks cheeseburger tester to find top burger in the U.S. So, Steve, this could be you. This could be you could get the golden ticket. You could become a cheeseburger tester. So here, here's the here's the story. A gambling website is offering five hundred dollars to a winning applicant that's willing to serve as a professional cheeseburger tester. Bonusfinder.com, based in Amsterdam, says that seeking a cheeseburger taster uh, to find the best burger in the United States by grading burgers on criteria including patty texture, patty seasoning, bun softness, bun taste, uh, complexity of flavors used, relish and or secret sauce, gun noise, uh, cheese flavor, creaminess, value for money, and quality of the ingredients. Uh, They're going to pull these people randomly. They'll get them $500 and funds for travel. And to purchase the cheeseburgers that the applicant is instructed to taste and review. You can still so, do this. How far and wide are they sending these people? I don't know, but you should apply and get it. Like, you know, like I, I understand <laughs> this, this, this is the year of the plague, but come on, you get $500 cash on hand and travel and money to go eat cheeseburgers. What could go wrong? Yeah, you've heard of the freshman 15. I definitely put on like the quarantine 30. Yeah, I mean, I, so. I, I'm i freshman 15, sophomore 15, junior 15, dropping out and getting another 15, and then the senior 30 because I was really committed. Like, it's been bad. Yeah, so I, I don't know that this is probably the best job for my health, uh, but uh, I, I would be uh, – in my younger days, I definitely would have been up for this type of job. <laughs> I wouldn't believe that you'd have like a Jack Kerouac style book in you where it's like you go on the open road to find yourself and the perfect cheeseburger. <laughs> Boy, I really uh, missed my calling. That would have been amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, that's out there. And also the same the same websites actually doing a uh, they're doing a Canadian version. Uh, like they're, so the website there is bonusfinder.ca. And so they're like trying to find Canada's top cheeseburger. So, you know, they're interested in North American uh, cheeseburgers. Uh, so um, we're just going to ask you a flat footed here uh, in terms of fast food burgers. What's your favorite fast food burger? I, I, I think it's probably the five guys burger. Um, I get the bacon cheeseburger, which is two patties, bacon, cheese. And then I get uh onions, pickles, ketchup, mustard, and barbecue sauce on it. Nice. Um, I do. I also do the bacon cheeseburger. I have not been there in forever because we, you know, reasons, uh, right. but I would do, uh, I would do the grilled onions, uh, ketchup, mustard, pickle. And I think I would do some a one steak sauce on that. Nice. I like it. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's, you know, I 
But I mean, that is Maybe. fast food, but like they specialize in burgers, so they're great. I'm talking yeah. like drive through. Like, what's your what's your favorite drive through? If you had to have a burger from like you know, it's probably the double quarter pounder from McDonald's. But like, they're they're either like really great or like you can just tell that like it's been sitting somewhere for a while. <laughs> like in a quarter, they dropped it. You're like, yeah. Oh shit! Like. Oh, oh this fell behind the McFlurry machine. Uh, I guess we could sell it. When their double quarter pounders are, are fresh, uh, they're pretty darn good. I mean, I won't pass up a Big Mac. I won't pass up a, a you know a Whopper from Burger King or uh, you know a Baconator from Wendy's. But I, there's just something about the double cheeseburger or the double quarter pounder from from McDonald's that has been my go-to for. For for too long, and is probably what's you know a big part of uh, my my uh, body type that I have now. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm probably a fourth quarter pounder. You're like you know I'm just I'm a, I'm a I'm a lot of pounders, uh, but no, uh, yeah I mean that's good. You're right. Um, I like I would do the one dollar double cheeseburger all the time because I was poor. Um, but that doesn't say it was my favorite, but it was one that was most accessible. Um, I don't know. Every so often, I do get a craving for a Big Mac. I also do get a, I get a craving for um, a Whopper. I just ever so often, but um, so I guess I'm just kind of an equal opportunity uh, burger eater because I also do like like the triple or whatever it is from Wendy's where you're just like I shouldn't have this, but I'm going to. You know, um, I think they all have their merits, and I guess it's just a matter of what um, what terrible itch I want to scratch. Well, it's interesting, too, because I know that there are other like fast food chains that aren't really around this area. You know, like I know people love In-N-Out Burger. I know people love. Well, I don't know that anybody loves Hardee's, <laughs> but they're not really. You know what I mean? They're not really accessible around you mean, here. You mean I've Carl's never Jr.? Yeah, like, uh, no, I, I, there's a Hardee's in East Lake. You should go out there. Yeah, that seems like a real far drive to be disappointed by Hardee's. <laughs> Yeah, um, you're right. Like I, so actually, we're coming up on about a year next week. Whenever uh, my wife and I were out in Vegas, we went to In and Out Burger, and I would I would compare it to Five Guys. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it's about the same thing, but I guess that's blasphemy. It was good, but it wasn't great. Um, but yeah, I guess if I really had to, like, if you held a gun to my head, you know, it's going to be the Big Mac. I don't. I, I think the secret sauce, aka Thousand Island dressing. I like the Big Mac. I will say when I was younger, and I guess it's also the fact that you can't really, there isn't one of these, at least nearby. Did Kmart, ma- did they, Kmart make a burger? burger? Is that no. what you're going to tell me? Uh, the Frisch's Big Boy I was a big fan of when I was a kid, which I think is similar in a lot of ways to a Big Mac. All right, that's fair. So, but now we've determined that we don't have a palate really for tasting burgers. Um, and well, you know, actually, Red Robin has some good burgers too. But this is not like we're not getting sponsored by anybody here. So, any burger that can come with the, like a, a um, fried egg on top is a good burger. I'll say that. That's that's actually my favorite. Uh, the Royal Red Robin from uh, Red Robin. That's my favorite burger there. That's but, that's a good burger. But I wouldn't consider that like fast fast food. Like I'd call it. Quick question. Yeah. Okay, so. Uh, we've talked burgers. Where does Arby's fall in your like? You go and get fast food. Where does it fall? Like Taco Bell, you don't normally. If you're in the mood for a burger, you don't you, like. It never comes in the equation. But every once in a while, I'll be like, you know what? I could go for Arby's. But then maybe I'll just instead go to McDonald's because the, the the line's shorter. But like, where does Arby's fall into this for you? Like in terms of like, they're not burgers. They're no, roast beef sandwiches. Burgers, but in I mean, terms of like, of their, urge? like 
Oh, I need like, to get like the big uh, like Colorado or whatever it is every so often with the cheese, and I gotta get you gotta do the horsey sauce and um, the um, Arby sauce mixed together on the burger to the point to where you squeeze it and it looks like you killed somebody. <laughs> I guess it's just that I, I consider Arby's to be a, a similar vein as McDonald's, Wendy's, and Burger King, even though they don't serve burgers. Um, but for whatever reason, it's like Arby's is sort of that siren call that, that hits me every great once in a while. I'm like, oh, I yeah, go some yeah. Arby's. No, I think because like you mentioned that you grew, grew up poor. I grew, I grew up poor as well. So your palate gets adjusted to some of this where you didn't get to get it all the time. So you saw it like you're like, oh, I can have the same time now. So it's like there's that trigger that just pops in your head. You're like, I got to get that. Like, like, I can't tell you um, how upset I am. I'm talking like to the point of like, I'm, I want to set fire to things that Taco Bell is removing their Mexican pizza off their menu. It bothers me so much. Oh my God! You and my wife both. Yeah, Mexican uh, pizza brought to you by the boys. So I just let her know that. Uh, no, <laughs> no, that one's so good. And then like I like also the grilled stuff went away. That's a bummer. Uh, if they take the chili cheese burrito off uh, the menu, I'm just going to leave this mortal coil and never come back. <laughs> well, I will say too that like I don't know that I grew up poor i feel like i grew up in a like a medium-sized income family oh, sorry um, i, I, I misconstrued like, like i was like i'm so sorry you were all over the oliver twist or whatever <laughs> no 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 i just like uh my poor years at least were the ones that like once i left the house so from probably like age 18 to like five years ago <laughs> maybe and I, I would not i would not qualify myself as rich but i i you know um I don't know that uh, there there were many days in my college days and years after where decisions were made about uh, buying food or comic books. And uh, there were many a times where I spent too much at the comic book store. So it was a week of bologna sandwiches. That's fair. I, gr- I grew up actually pretty poor. Um, like it's one of those things that you don't think about until later. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but like for us, like I, like where I grew up and, uh, in West Virginia, I mentioned this, like, what was it two weeks ago when I went home? Uh, but we were in, like, it, so in my, in, in my home, my hometown, we had a McDonald's, uh, growing up, we had, um, a KFC and then that was it in terms of like, like regional, like, like you're talking like chain stuff. Later on, a subway showed up, and then when the Walmart came to town, a Burger King showed up, and people lost their goddamn minds. So, like, it was one of those things where it's like, oh, you want fast food? It's right there. But so the the whatever I felt that we're fancy, like we go to the next county over to go to the mall. We went to the mall like once every six months, and that was a mm-hmm. big deal. Uh, but there was a Long John Silver's nearby, and that was fancy eating. Was Long John Silver's. And so in the back of my head, as much as that's garbage fish and deep battered, whatever, like every so often it's like, it's like the Terminator. Like my brain just fires off. It's like, I have to seek it out and I don't know what it is. It's like, it's bad for me. It, you know, like there's one, there's one in Parma near where I do live, which is bad for me, but there's also one in like the East side. Um, and I just, I have to get a three piece, uh, fish combo and fries and hush puppies and hate my life. I just have to do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's funny because, you know, um, uh, 
my mom, uh, before she passed away, would occasionally say to me, like, oh, you know, I I don't, you know, I know that I couldn't always give you what you wanted or needed or whatever. And I was like, I had a great childhood. I mean, with the exception of my dad dying at age eight, that was a bummer. Um, and I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, sorry, I'm making I'm light sorry. of it now. Because oh, oh, Jesus. Yeah. I, I swore. I swore bad. I swore so bad. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I, I'm making light of it because it's an awful thing. But. Um, you know, I remember my mom saying to me like, Oh, I, you know, I, I know that you didn't always get what you, I'm like, I had an awesome childhood. And like, I'm like, if you've ever thought that like we were poor, I'm like, I never knew it. So I'm like, I, you know, uh, my mom was, uh, you know, great about that stuff. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, I got a job when I was 15. So like, if I wanted something stupid, like, you know, Nikes or whatever, they were coming out of my pocket. But like, it's funny when you were talking about going to the mall, uh, you know, in the town over or whatever, you know, that's what we did. Actually, the area that I'm living in now is the mall we used to come to from Sandusky because it was the cool mall. So it was like, they don't have this stuff in the mall in Sandusky. Let's go to the Illyria mall. Or if we were getting real fancy, we'd go to the Great Northern Mall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so those of you who are in the Cleveland area probably know Great Northern over in North Olmstead. But uh, that was those were the places that we would go if we wanted to really like fancy it up mall wise. <laughs> yeah, like, so. growing up we had a oh was it a, oh oh shoot there was there was two malls in Morgantown, West Virginia, which is where the University of Davie uh, is. Oh, there's one called Mountaineer Mall that was there forever, and it was up on this hillside. And there's then they opened one later called Morgantown Mall, and then everyone's like, "Screw that, we're not going up that hill." <laughs> and it's like Morgantown <laughs> Mall is the fancy one. <laughs> and, you know, like, and then I ended up there like years later and like there was no stores except for like a knockoff like FYE and then like a hot dog on a stick and then a church I think and then old people walking around and I'm like yeah this isn't the cool mall so anyway I, I, yeah. I went into the Illyria mall uh, like a year ago and it was the saddest thing ever it was like oh. a Saturday and it was it was like a ghost town oh, I'm like man. I'm like this is so sad. I'm like, I have so many fond memories of childhood of coming up here and going to all the cool stores. And now it's just, it's pretty much, they may as well just plow that thing and make it a parking lot. <laughs> you know, sorry. I know I dive. I no, I know. No, 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 no. We, we, we as uh, professional cheeseburger tasters had to, to get all this out. So, all right. <laughs> uh, next story here. This is going to tie directly into what we're about to talk about next. Um, <clears throat> Florida condo for sale has Budweiser cans covering walls and ceilings. All right. Um, a listing for a condo in Florida is going viral after pictures were posted online showing off an unusual aspect of the decor. The walls and ceilings of the home are covered in Budweiser beer cans. As I read the rest to you, Steve, I will send you this link. You can look at There's a picture of the interior. Uh, realtor, uh, Christine Kearney said she initially didn't know what to expect when she received a call about the listing. They warned me that the home was wallpapered in beer cans. And I thought to myself, well, I wonder where in the world they found a beer can wallpaper that it wasn't wallpaper. Uh, <laughs> the cans cover every wall and ceiling of the home, except for the bathroom. So are you seeing I'm the photo of it? Photos now. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. If you look closely at the photos, you can really see the links the owner went to. He even created a crown molding look with the cans. Uh, the, the, the realtor said that the condor condo condors, you know, the, the condor man's former owner who is now deceased, probably from, you know, 
drinking all of that beer, but who am I to judge? Was a lifelong fan of Anheuser-Busch beer. Well, no shit. Uh, it was his life's mission to wallpaper his home in beer cans, and he did it. Um, so uh, the condo was originally listed as $110,000 uh, in August. Price was reduced to $100,000 in September. Um, but because it went viral, uh, they, they've received multiple offers. I want to guess because it's a hundred thousand dollar condo in Florida, maybe that's a good deal. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so yeah, look at that. Like, so you see <laughs> the photos, like it's literal beer cans lining all the walls. It's impressive, but I have questions. One, okay. how do you clean that without denting the cans Two. Like how, how do you like, actually that's, that's the only question I have. How do you clean any of that without denting the cans? That's my only question. I'm guessing Swiffer. Yeah. That, or do you actually fill the cans to where they're solid? Uh, because I feel like also there's the, there's always the chance that you'll trip and fall and crush your wallpaper. What do you fill it with though? Like concrete? (laughs) Sand? I don't know. It'd be amazing. It's like this condo, which now weighs seven tons. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's funny too, because I don't know. Did you do this at all when you were a kid? Like, did you collect beer cans? I just collected Pepsi cool cans. That's all I collected. Uh, My brother for a period, I think collected beer cans. And, uh, on an unrelated note, uh, for those of us who grew up in the eighties, uh, you'll occasionally see a a movie where a white beer can will pop up and it'll just have the word beer, beer written in black on it. And forever, I thought that was a movie thing. I didn't realize it was a real thing until like one day my brother was like, I got this beer can. I'm like, where'd you get that? That's from the movies. I didn't know white label beer was like a thing. Oh, no, there was um, like uh, there was white label generic products that were for sale in grocery stores. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you remember this at all or no? Like, no, for some reason I somehow like, I guess, I guess I was so, you know, richy rich. Well, that's know. true. We you with your, have, your, your Kmart deli sandwiches and all that. Yeah. money. But, but you know, growing up, like I talked about how poor I was like this, th- we would get some of these generic items in our house. And I remember my mom telling me the story that, uh, she had my older brother in the shopping cart and he looked at her one day and was like, well, it's a good thing you know how to read. Cause we'd have no idea what we're getting. <laughs> Oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we would have a lot of that, uh, just a, a white box with, with black labeling. Yeah. It, it's, it's yeah. weird. I kind of want that beer can to come back. I think somebody should make it and just like put it out there. I think that, that, that people would buy it just because it's a white, a white can with the word beer written on it. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, yeah. So I never really collected beer cans, but yeah, it's just like, so that was the cool cans. Uh, because there was so many of them and Ella Cool J told it was it LA Cool J or was it um oh shoot it was um oh the other guy that told us to collect this the is cool early cans. 90s right yeah I think the, it's the Pepsi Cool, cool Kings okay yeah uh or who did a uh, uh Funky Cold Medina um oh that's um oh my god I could see his face um he's an Ace Ventura <laughs> yes uh, yeah. oh Tone Loke uh Tone Loke yeah was it Tone Loke and Cool Cans? I think it yeah. was. You know what always makes me laugh is... is nope, that, it was like, Yellow Cool Sorry, go ahead. No, whenever I hear... Uh, I don't remember if it's Funky Cold Medina 
uh, or if it's in Wild Thing, where you know it's Funky Cole Medina, where he talks about all the the famous dogs coming to his house, like Spuds McKenzie, Alex from Stroh's, and then I think he even mentions like the Schlitz dog, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> like, yeah. But the Pepsi Cool Cans was like a big deal at the time. It was like, oh, look at that, you know. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. no. So uh, I will say that one of my four, former neighbors, um, when they uh, moved into their house, we came to visit. He was like, check this out. He had a Billy Beer can. I was like, that's amazing. And it was still it was still closed. It wasn't opened. So funny story. We have a Billy Beer can that is still closed, but has somehow found a way to leak. <laughs> uh, occasionally we'll find like stuff coming out of it, but we don't know where it's coming from. Oh, well. And when I say we, it's, it's Kathy's Kathy's had it for like ever. Oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah, she's got a Billy beer can. Nice. So, so I remember that. And I don't know if you remember this. They came out with a beer for J.R. Ewing from Dallas back in the day. <laughs> oh, did, did it immediately start leaking? Cause it got shot. Is that, is there like a bullet hole in the middle of the can? I, you know, I, I don't know, but like, where's these promotions now? Like, why is it like, if you want more of the boys put out like a Billy butcher beer? Yes. Well, considering there's so much weird product placement for that world in that world. Like, did you notice mm-hmm. like the different things, like the power, like there's a energy drink and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah I'd be, you know, like I was, when I was at best by walking around smelling my own breath, I looked at all the Funko pops they had there and I'm surprised <laughs> I was surprised that there weren't boys uh, pops out, but it's like all these people are terrible. Why would I want to own any of them? Uh, but yeah. then well, I was looking at the internet earlier today, the internet, you know, it's where it's at. Facebook had an ad for like a candy crush style game that was themed off the boys comic. I'm like, who in the world is looking forward to playing that game? <laughs> There's somebody out there. They're finding a way to market it. I guess. Yeah, I guess so. It's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, so if you had to pick a a style of, of of beverage can to line the walls ceiling of your house, what would it be? So do I have to drink it, or am I just picking it on pure aesthetic? No, I mean that, but I also think I'd come over and help you in terms of getting the cans ready. <laughs> well, you know that I'm a cheap date. Miller Lite is is my beer of choice. Um, so I guess that's the one that I'm going to go with. But uh, like, if I'm going to pick like a, a can, I'm going to pick something like crafty that i would never drink that's like you know got a really cool can i think that's the thing that bothers me most about craft beers is most of the time i don't like them but they got great cans every ipa Uh, has a cool name and cool label but they taste like like a a lawn that was mowed and it makes me mad that i can't have that cool (laughs) beer because it tastes like flowers (laughs) or it's like uh when you introduced me to uh the grapes of wrath mead i was like this is amazing. And it took me forever to find a bottle and I haven't found it since. I'm like, why is this not everywhere? Right. It tasted like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It was amazing. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think, I, I, I think I, I would pick the Foster's oil can just because it's ridiculous. You know, talking about like you go to the, you go to the store, you buy a Foster's can. It's like the size of like a paint can or whatever it is. It's squat. It's huge. It's not the same length as like a tall boy. But you know the Foster's beer can, right? Oh yeah, it looks like a little mini keg. Yeah, I would. I think I would do Foster's all over just because it would be an unusual can size. I and, could see that. And yeah, people would I, believe that I honestly think it's from Australia too, or whatever. They're like you must love Australia, and I'd be like, <laughs> you know, I'll just put pictures of koalas up over everything too. It'd be great. <laughs> My autographed Pick picture of, of Yahoo! Serious, you know, whatever. 
and Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, you know, Yahoo Serious, like, and he's young Einstein. He split the beer at him, right? And it created Fosters, <laughs> right? Like, um, but yeah, that's that's the story. Is that like, could you imagine, like, maybe, maybe um, other than people that came in that actually saw these walls, like the realtor obviously didn't know. What if you're the person that had to come in and actually kind of like, like, figure out like, cause if this person didn't have family or whatever, it'd be like, Oh yeah, we got to figure out the estate. What the hell is all of this? Like, you know, <laughs> also like what's the recycling value? Probably not bad. <laughs> well, I also have to imagine that, you know, location and, and just the land itself is probably worth something. Oh so, yeah, for sure. For sure. But I'm talking know, like uh, you recycle all this, you might get like $10 or something out of the walls. That'd be okay. You know, back in the day, going back to like my like years where I was severely poor, I lived in Bowling Green. I would drive up to Michigan. I would save up all my pop cans and I would drive up to Michigan and I would turn them in and uh, drive back into Ohio. <laughs> so you did, you did the Newman. You did the Newman yeah. plan from Seinfeld. Yeah, I did the Newman basically. So, uh, you know, it might take me like three months to get to 20 bucks, but what I did. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So I think that's a wonderful, wonderful segue uh, talking about back in the day and nostalgia and maybe things that we thought were of value then. And maybe, maybe they don't have as much value now. I don't know. I, I will say I wouldn't disagree with my own statement, but. We're going to talk about some basketball from 98. Uh, so, yeah, that, that, that we're going to do it for our talk about the Mando, uh, tasting some cheeseburgers and beer wallpaper. Let's just get into our talk about basketball. And now for our feature presentation. Okay, uh, so b before we talk about uh, basketball, I just want to mention to Steve because we took a small break there because, you know, uh, you know, beer things, whatever. We got to have beer. We're going to talk about basketball and the Milwaukee beers. So Steve, when I walked downstairs to refill my beers, my wife was watching a movie. Do you want to guess what movie it was? Was it Hocus Pocus? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, she's in the middle of Hocus Pocus. And I was like, huh, we were just talking about it. She's like, well, why? And I'm like, because my spirit, like uh, the spirit store thing. And she's like, well, it does have the cop following. I'm like, yeah, I'm aware, you know, whatever. And then I was trying to leave and I sh sharply turned the corner and clocked my leg off of a stairwell. So serves me for uh, dismissing Hocus Pocus. <laughs> <laughs> and then I turn around and I had like a little box that I carry my beverages in upstairs and my, and my black cat is in his head's in the box. I'm like, you just what you can't, you don't even know what that is. He had to investigate uh, the white claws and the beers I had. So it's been a fun five minutes. <laughs> It's been eventful. For it's you, been it's eventful. been no time at all, gentle listener. But for Paul, it's been a lifetime. It's been a journey. Pain. Yeah, downstairs, grabbing beverages, seeing Hocus Pocus, hurting my knee, and then yelling at a cat. And here we are. So, yes, uh, basketball. Um, so, I had mentioned to Steve last week, I was like, with the NFL coming back, uh, you know, sports, like sports have been going on during this pandemic. Like the NBA has been operating in their bubble in Orlando. Baseball has been doing okay, I guess, except every so often when people want to go party and they come back and everybody gets in quarantine. Um, as much as I still feel like sports is like, it's a big risk. I, I also feel like that maybe we as a public don't deserve extracurricular activities right now. Um, it's happening and football happened. Uh, the Browns played I mean, for like three minutes this week, 
that just happened. I, I, so I have, I, I have a TV in my bedroom here at this, this house that we've gotten. And it was kind of convenient to where I could turn on the game and be like, I'm done and just like turn over and go back to sleep. That's kind of where I was with it. But, um, yes. So Steve, do you like sports or are you just like a passing sports fan? So I have a couple of thoughts on this one. You you were talking about sports returning and it was announced today that I believe the big 10 football is coming back starting in October, which I'm not a college football guy. Um, and I saw that headline and I just, I don't know. I, I, I guess, I, I guess if, you know, NFL and major league baseball can resume, I suppose it makes sense, but it's just, it's one of those things like people were so happy about it and I don't want to take away anybody's joy, but I'm just like, is this really the time that we should be doing this? Like, that's fair. I will, I'll just argue uh, that professional sports, they, these people are paid that they have contracts. They have, you know, like they're aware of the, the risk they're taking. Maybe people that are younger understand that the potential that they might be missing on opportunities. But, you know, I feel like an educational institution should account for like the well being of their students. Yeah. I think there's a little and difference I, there. I, I, that's that's how I feel. I, I just, I don't know. It, it's weird that we can't seem to go like a year without sports. Uh, but, yeah. you know, I guess I get my Mandalorian. So who am I to? to hey, there's marble know. races we could all watch and enjoy. So no. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very true. Yeah. That's my, but, my, yeah. My point is, is that like someone, there was a sportscaster that said uh, a few months ago, whenever the Big Ten initially said that they were not doing anything this year. He was like, I don't, I'm not upset about this. He's like, yes, my job, a lot of it is dependent upon college sports. And he's like, and I love college sports, but he's like, we knew what we had to do in the spring and we spit the bit out. Like we, we don't get this now, you know? So yeah. I think there's a bit of that too, but you're so yes, but I, I know. I, I, sorry. That's, I mean, we're getting, you know, drifting off into the politics, you know, whatever, you know? Yeah. And I, I just want to answer your, your original query. Uh, when it comes to sports, I, I play because maybe it's because it's funnier to me. I play the fool a lot of times when people talk about sports, but I grew up at baseball for six years as a kid. Um, I, I uh, was in two different uh, baseball leagues. I played basketball for two years. I wasn't great, so hence the only two years. I played football for a year, and I realized that, uh, wow, this is a lot of hard work for me to just sit here on the bench, and I stopped. <laughs> um, but uh, even then, I, I, I did five years of bowling. I was a pretty active kid, so um, sports isn't something that I'm like, I, I I don't know. I'm not saying that I'm a complete novice uh, and sometimes it's just more fun for me to be like, you know, uh, I don't, I'm not into sports. I don't know. But like when I was in high school, um, I was a huge Cal- Dallas Cowboys fan as a kid. And my freshman year in high school, they won one game and they lost 15. And by my senior year, they went to the Super Bowl and won. So I was big into sports at that time. Um, I, I still occasionally watch baseball. My wife is very big into baseball. She, um, much more so than, uh, than, than I, if you were to go walk into our, we have a finished basement and there's a bunch of Ohio state Buckeye stuff down there. There's a whole bunch of Cubs baseball stuff. Uh, cause she, she moved to Chicago in her like early to mid twenties and fell in love with baseball there. She used to go to 
Wrigley all the time and see the Cubs. And uh, she's the sports fan in the house. Like, I lost interest somewhere going into college. Um, so, I, again, it's it's funnier to me to just downplay it and be like, you know, like, sports ball? What? But I, <laughs> I grew up with sports. I have a fair amount of knowledge. But I will admit that, like, I don't know anything about current teams right now. I don't know anything about rosters. I don't know any of that stuff. Um, I will say, though, as somebody who has never really been a Cleveland Browns fan, I kind of root for them every year. At the same time, I kind of get pissed that every year it's the same thing from their fans. They talk about the Browns all year round, and then the first game that comes, they lose People are just losing I'm like, just let it go. Support your team. Love it. Enjoy that football's back. Stop bitching about it. Like, if that's all my Facebook feed was on Sunday, was people bitching about the Browns. I'm like, great, football's back. What, so you can complain? Like, just, <laughs> I would have loved to have just seen, like, wait, it sucks that we lost, but man, is it great to have football back. I did not see that post. I just saw people complaining. So, end of rant. Sorry. No, that's fair. I just wanted to know where you're at because I also think Hello. then that would also like factor in a little bit about your your appreciation or not of like the sports like film, which will like your quiz is about sports films. We won't like name things specifically because I don't want to ruin that game that I know nothing about. But so like growing up, like I don't know, like I wasn't that big of a sports guy. Like I, I like I said, I mentioned I grew up in the middle of nowhere, West Virginia. The TV markets were Pittsburgh. So like my dad was a Steelers fan, everything down there, Steelers country, whatever, blah, 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 blah. I went to college like 40 minutes south of Pittsburgh or like a half hour south. So everything was like Steelers, 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 pirates, maybe because let's just be honest, other than like the seventies and eighties. And until like four years ago, which that was like a blip, no one cared about the pirates. Um, and then there's the penguins, you know, whatever. So a lot of Pittsburgh sports market stuff. Um, that makes it sound like I'm a fan of all of them. That's not true. I moved to Cleveland in 2000 and somehow that was the year, like when the Browns made the playoffs, like, like the last time they made the playoffs and I got heavily invested in the Browns and they got their hooks in me. And it, every year has been Lucy and the football is not the right description for being a Browns fan. It is the battered spouse that believes that your spouse is going to change every year. And you're like, no, 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 no. They bought me flowers. And then like six months from now, you're in a corner crying. You know, you're like, why did this happen again? And it's just like, but baby, I could change. And then just beat you until that you bleed out. That's what it the means Browns to be. Just, yeah. They, they just keep falling down the stairs is what I understand. <laughs> yeah. They keep wrecking their knee after uh, looking at Hocus Pocus. But anyway, um, so uh, coming into this, like this, this film basketball, and I'm not trying to hold it up as anything bigger than what it is. It's, it's a dumb comedy. Uh, it existed in 98. It didn't do very well financially, but I have some more information about this. Do you appreciate, like, I understand that movies follow in act one, act two, act three, there's the hero's journey, all blah, 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 blah. Even with you participating in sports and not being as invested now, do you appreciate a good sports movie? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I love major league. I actually even like the second one. My wife thinks back to the minors, which is the third one is amazing. I, I don't agree with her, but like she loves <laughs> that one. 
Um, I'm trying to think of, you know, I mean, I hadn't seen The Natural in probably 20, 25 years, but we revisited that uh, within sometime during quarantine. And I'm like, wow, this movie still really holds up. Um, Rocky, obviously, is a sports movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing that I can think of, you know, outside of like when I think of a sports movie from my childhood, it's it's probably the Rocky series. You know, I don't think that there's anything that really kind of comes close to that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I can absolutely appreciate the the sports film. Um, this, I say it like, you know, it's, it's I guess it is its own genre, but it's not like a, a very huge, you know, yeah, you're not going to see like six, you know, baseball movies out at the same time. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's so true. unless it's, you know, asteroids come at the earth. Uh, but I, I guess the point that I'm trying to make is, is that I do appreciate, I think that, uh, you know, a good sports movie goes a long way. Uh, when a sports movie fails, I think people are harder on it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like what you need is, like, you know, you need the opposition, you need the people to, you know, band together and then overcome. Right. And that's the big thing. So a film like baseball, which is a comedy that's taking the piss out of sports and sports films, you know, it exists in this kind of weird moment of like, it's making fun of everything, but it also tries to tell like a redemptive story. Like, so, uh, but yeah, um, let, so let me, I'll get into more of the details here, but Steve is a first time viewer of basketball from 98, what is what what is what what would you describe this film as? Like, just give me the elevator pitch for basketball. The elevator pitch is uh, basketball is a homegrown sport uh, that uh, grows out of uh, two guys' love of drinking beer and shooting hoops, but not having to run. Which I do <laughs> think that that's really funny. Um, I, I always wanted to like play in like a softball league when I got older. Cause I, I just knew that it was like, yeah, there's a softball league where we go and we play and then everybody chucks a beer when they run around the bases. And, you know, I always wanted to be a part of something like that, um, which basketball sort of falls neatly into, except it doesn't even have any running in it at all. Um, and that they're really good at it. I think that that's, uh, a really funny idea. I think that, uh, the movie overall um, has some some tonal issues, and I think that's some of it being the Zucker uh, okay the yeah. Zucker take on it. But uh, but, I, but what you're saying is there's two guys, they're losers, they didn't ever like amount to anything. They are good at two things, like drinking beers, talking shit, and shooting basketball without moving, and it ends up becoming parlayed into a sport that's played professionally because the public at large has been disillusioned with public sports because of the constant trades teams moving and the showmanship. Right. It, um, it is interesting. You asked me to give you a summation and I started giving my review and no, 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 I it's fine. It's fine. I, I got lost in the questions. So I apologize. <laughs> One of my favorite jokes in the movie though, is the, the beginning narration where they say that, what was it? Um, the Lakers moved to LA where there are no lakes, the Oilers moved to Houston. Sorry, the Oilers moved to Tennessee where there is no oil. And the Jazz moved to Utah where music is outlawed or whatever it is they yeah. said. It's like, it's just, 
it's it and it goes into show like about how professional sports somehow are losing a following and how they would do like um like cross sports and there's a bit with uh, a football player hitting like a baseball into the outfield and then another ba- football player tackling a baseball player and then um at one point a hockey goalie picking up a severed head it just basically was like these guys are all prima donnas they're getting paid too much we don't care and sports are kind of nose diving enter these two guys that make this game that's kind of grounded in the notion of no trades, people that live in those cities can play and anybody can play this game and they all get paid the same or whatever, whatever that is. And so that, I, I have yeah. a question for you. Yeah. Uh, and I realize that I just interrupt you. I apologize. So you look at this as a sports film. I look at this as a, and again, I realize that sports films are their own genre, but I feel like this is a very specific parody genre. I, I, my question to you is, is are you a fan of parody films? Your airplanes, naked guns is um, not another teen movie. Uh, all those, you know, uh, 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 and I'm not talking specifically about quality, but is that something that you would say is your cup of tea? It depends, and you're, and you're actually following into what I was going about to talk about next. Where oh, okay, sorry. No, 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 no. You're in the right line of this. So I want to mention because you mentioned tonally, this was directed by David Zucker, um, and it was written by a number of people with him, based upon a game that they played growing up. Uh, and then this is starring um, uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker, the guys, the the creators of South Park. So you talk about like parody films. Like I think I told you recently, I ended up watching airplane like a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, after watching the post, the most depressing movie about like, you know, the exposing, exposing of the Catholic church of like, you know, sexual abuse of children. I'm like, yeah, I should watch airplane after that weird pairing. <laughs> but, um, like that kind of like the Zucker brothers, um, and uh, to mention, so like I hear, here's the thing, like, um, so, uh, uh, it's it's David Zucker and his brother Jerry Zucker and Jim Abrams that you'll hear them referred to as ZAZ or Zaz. They made Airplane. They made Top Secret. Um, they made the TV series Police Squad. They made and um, and David Zucker actually directed the first Naked Gun film. That kind of parody where it's it's aping a thing but also doing its own thing and giving you like legitimate payoffs to jokes. I'm a big fan of. Um, I've not seen another team movie in a long time. I'm going to guess it holds up better than probably what I thought, but there's that this two guys, it's not these guys. I forget their names cause they're, they should go not burn in hell, but they should never work again. They're the ones that made, um, all like, uh, was it, um, uh, vampires suck. They did, um, what was it? Meet the Spartans. They did all that stuff that's supposed to be parody, that's nothing other than referencing things with the loose frame of a film that they're parroting. That's not the same thing as what Zucker, the Zucker brothers and Abrams were doing originally. With that being said, I know that, uh, I think David Zucker directed scary movie three. Um, and then they kind of took over from there and that series was like, kind of like some rough going. So they eventually became a parody of the things they were doing. There's magic in like the Kentucky Fried movie, which I wasn't the biggest fan of, but I could appreciate where it was, which the Zucker brothers and Abrams was part of. Uh, but Airplane, as much as it may not make me laugh out loud, there's bits of that film that still make me smile and I, the audacity of it. And Leslie Nielsen's amazing with it. And that, that weird sweet spot of like genre parody and slapstick, I can get behind all day if it's done well. 
Yeah, I think that's where I'm at as well. And uh, I just wanted to make a couple of quick mentions. Um, So admittedly, The Naked Gun is a little hard to watch now simply because of O.J. Simpson. If you can separate yourself from that, the first movie is still really, really funny. Um, I think also when you mentioned Scary Movie, I believe the weigh-ins were behind that. The first two, yes. Yeah. yeah, and it's interesting because while I'm not a huge fan of scary either of the scare any of the scary movies, we'll put it that way. Um, they did a black exploitation movie uh, called "I'm Gonna Get You Sucker," probably like eighty nine, nineteen ninety. I feel like it was right before Living Color blew up, um, so maybe it's even like eighty eight. But it that's that's a really funny one. But uh, when it comes to going back to Airplane. Um, when you talk about, oh, it's from the Files of Police Squad, that series that ran, it only ran, I think, six episodes. You're talking about Police Squad, yeah. It was, on, yeah. it was on CBS, it ran six episodes. It, it didn't take off, um, but it was very much when you watch The Naked Gun, you see where they were going with it in that series. Because CBS, sorry, I'm cutting you off. They aired that in the summer of one of their, their like, you know, like it was one of those counter programming things that they brought back later. It was, I think, after the Naked Gun did well, they brought back the Police Squad show to show those during the summer, and I watched all of them. And there's so much there that's in those movies that's wonderful. And it was weird, and it was canceled, but it was ahead of its time. Yeah, what was great about it was, and I love this idea that every week they had a guest star, and the guest star was always killed in the opening. Like this yes. one that I think is, is William Shatner, if I remember correctly. He's like just sitting at a table eating dinner and somebody runs in and shoots him. And it's like <laughs> special guest star, William Shatner. Like, I love those types of ideas. I think that I think that Airplane is is still really funny. Um, it's it's not I, I, I imagine for today's kids, uh, there's probably not as much to laugh at, but I Lloyd Bridges in that movie is amazing. Yes, he is. And uh, if you want more Lloyd Bridges uh, being funny, I would also recommend Hot Shots, which I think <laughs> is a really funny movie. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I guess what I'm, I'm building up to is, is that I'm, I don't know that I've ever thought of myself as a fan of this specific genre, but I think when it's done well, it really does, like it really hits home with me. Yeah, it, that way. it's absurdist, right? And it's a, mm-hmm. and they, they go for for the most part, they go for quantity over quality. However, I would argue that even though the jokes come like fast and furious, that there's still thought be- put behind a lot of this. And it isn't just like, um, you know, uh, vampires on a segue, like, because the segue is a thing at the time or wherever the hell that was going on. Vampires suck. Um, it's like, there's more thought put into, as opposed to, Hey, that's a thing, you know, like, uh, you mentioned, uh, Lloyd Bridges an airplane. There's the bit where like he mentions like repeatedly, he's like, Oh, I picked a bad day to stop drinking. Oh, I picked a dad, bad day to stop barbiturates. Oh, I picked a bad day to stop sniffing airplane glue. It's like, it just gets more and more ridiculous and it's a repeating gag. But then here, here's what, here's what I'll say. Let me, let me, let me preface this a little bit before we talk about the movie in full. So, uh, David Zucker, He's the director of this film. Like we mentioned that, uh, you know, those guys made airplane. They did uh police squad, the, the series. He directed the first naked gun film. 
Looking back on his career in 2009, Leslie Nielsen said the best film he appeared in was The Naked Gun and that Zucker was his favorite director to work with. Nielsen said of him, he came to me one time and said, Leslie, I'll never make you do anything that's not funny. And he kept his word. Like, Leslie Nielsen being a straight man through all three Naked Gun films, Airplane, Police Squad, being an established dramatic actor, he sold the hell out of all that and he's a riot, right? Like... I feel like Zucker knew how to do there's a foreground and a background element to his movies and the, you know, the ZAZ total, right? Like, um, and that's like a seventies and eighties going into the nineties. Like there's a certain specific type of comedy that works well. Like air, like I think the Zuckers had a rule that, um, that you can't have a joke in the foreground with the joke in the background. It always had to flip places. Like you always have to have the viewer. It's like a depth of field thing where like, um, like when I watched airplane recently, whenever Ted Stryker was having his uh, flashback to when he first met his uh, girlfriend in that bar in like, what was it? Korea or Vietnam. Um, there's a bar fight going on behind them with two girl scouts. They're having a very serious conversation in the foreground. Why you see these girl scouts beat the hell of each other in the background. Like you're getting character, but you're getting ridiculousness there's a balance there that these guys kind of perfected that is evident in like the naked gun films and other things that it's one of those things that it is a talent that needs to be sharpened to have an eye for drawing you as a viewer towards the comedy of the situation. I agree with that. And I I think that, uh, you know, in, in this movie, there are, uh, there are moments that happen that, that, I don't want to say call back to the greatness of airplane, but I, I think that there are background moments that happen in the film that I think are actually much fun, funnier than the things that should, which are sometimes supposed to be the big laughs. Um, and I, we can get about, we can talk about that more when we get into the, the film proper. But I, I think that uh, it's interesting because I did not know before this, that this was really like a Zuckerberg or a Z- I keep saying Zuckerberg. <laughs> Yeah, it was a Facebook a, production. <laughs> yeah, uh, a Zucker Abrams style film. I didn't realize that beforehand. I just thought this was, until you proposed it to me, I thought this was totally a Trey and Matt movie. I thought it was them trying to stretch their wings beyond South Park. But I also realized, or I also during research found out that like this was proposed to them before South Park became huge. Yes. So I, I think that that's interesting as well. And, um, it's interesting. I, I do think that these types of movies have a certain audience. And and when I say a certain audience, I think there's people who just these movies don't work for them no matter what. I can say that my wife uh, just recently when we were discussing a lot of these style movies, most of them don't work for her. And she's like, I just don't see the merit in them. And and that's valid. And I'm like, yeah. And, and, and I'm like. I, I said, you know, you don't have to defend not liking it. Like, that's fine. And she didn't watch basketball. I watched that alone. But this turned into, like, a discussion about, like, Jim Carrey's movies and, um, you know, uh, Top Secret, which she didn't like, and a lot of other films that are of this sort of uh, – I, I don't want to keep calling it a genre because it's it's comedy, but it's – this is a very specific version of that. And, yeah. Uh, Going back to my original point with this, I thought this was completely just like, let's do a South Parky type movie, live action with those guys. 
So I was I was surprised to know that that Zucker was involved with it. Yeah. So let me let me roll through some history real quick. We'll get we'll get up to the moment the film was like put out, right? And then we can talk about our takes on it. So because I I want people to understand that David Zucker like established comedy director writer known commodity, but also from a previous generation. Like Airplane is kind of like a it's kind of a milestone in a lot of ways, as rightfully it should be. But they established a style of comedy. With this, you get Matt Stone, Trey Parker coming in with. So they they met in college, um, and then they were they were putting a film class together, and they had to like partner up to do projects. And so the first project they put together was called Giant Beavers of Southern Sri Lanka, and it was a parody of Godzilla style like rampage, but with beavers. One of the other students in the class later remarked that the idea nearly got them laughed out of the class, which I think is amazing. Um, so I would I want to see that short of just beavers destroying Sri Lanka. But then they also did something called uh, American History in 1982, where uh, Trey Parker used his first construction paper animation technique, and that got them a lot of buzz around college. Uh, and then eventually, when they they pitched the idea for something, it, it wasn't called this originally, but Cannibal the Musical was made into like a short. Um, and then his professor was like, we need to make this into a full blown feature, which they did. And they did like 10 original musical numbers. I've not seen the film. Uh, I know it got picked up by trauma and they just expected to take that money and make another movie. Uh, but at that point that came out in 93, um, they go to, they, they go out to Hollywood, try to make, you know, make their bones out there. David Zucker, who saw Cannibal, contacted the duo to produce a 15-minute short film for Seagram to show it uh, at a party for its acquisition of Universal Studios. Due to a misunderstanding, Parker and Stone improvised much of the film an hour before it was shot, creating a a spoof of 50s uh, instructional videos. The result, called Your Studio and You, features numerous celebrities, including Sylvester Stallone, Demi Moore, and Steven Spielberg. Like, so they just kind of were like, I don't know. And they just like kind of just made it because Zucker liked Cannibal the Musical. And um, the, there was uh what was it? Uh, Trey Parker said, you could probably make a feature film out of the experience of making that movie because it was just two dudes from college suddenly directing Steven Spielberg. <laughs> so they, they I were, think, dude, go ahead. Uh, I think that idea is hilarious. Um, I, I did come across that uh, when I was doing my research. It reminded me of uh kevin smith uh during his brief tenure at film school they he and his partner scott Mosier uh ended up doing a short film that was they like tried to pick a subject that they knew would get like the okay and they they picked a person who was going to go under um a sex change operation the person backed out so they had to make a movie about this happening and so they decided to write a documentary. It was a fake documentary, but they wrote a documentary about uh, what happens when your subject backs out of your documentary. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that kind of thinking, I think that there's there's genius in that. And when you're yeah. talking about the, the train Matt stuff, like, I think that that's, I don't know. I, I think that, like, <laughs> there's something special. I, while I'm not a huge South Park guy, and I'll, I'll say that right here. Um, you know, I, I don't begrudge anybody who loves South Park. I know you love South Park, but I don't know that I've really paid attention to it since it's like first season. Okay. Um, I thought Book of Mormon was amazing. I recognize that these guys have some genius going on. We'll put it that way. But they also and put I, themselves like now that they've been established, we'll get to this later. 
they put themselves in positions where their backs against the wall because they feel like that's the best, like that's the best position to make a decision and be creative. But the yeah. short film, they were like, I don't know. <laughs> like and they just did it. But that's David Zucker asked them to do this. And this was, um, this was like, like three or four years before baseball. So, um, I just want to mention that. So David Zucker knew about them. Um, so let me continue with the timeline here. And like I said, I promise we'll get to the movie because I want to dovetail these two sensibilities. That's my goal with this conversation is to dovetail like the absurd, like, um, gag comedy of, uh, David Zucker with more of the, I'm not saying there's not gags with these two, but there's different comic sensibilities that I think there's points in this film and you can talk about the tonal shifts of it. There's times where I think it blends together really well. And I like that you're bringing different generations together, different mindsets to this film. And I think it makes it better than what it could have been. I'll just say that. So, um, so the, during while they're making this, they, they wrote a, another film called orgasmo and it was written and produced. But in the meantime, they made a short film called the spirit of Christmas that, uh, someone at Fox liked it and said, Hey, you should make this into like, you know, something bigger. And they ended up making, it was using the, the, the cutout animation. It became Jesus versus Santa and it got some buzz around Fox didn't want to pick it up. Uh, MTV thought about it and, but MTV also was partners with comedy central. Um, and so what happened at the time was Fox was like, I don't know, like this is a little, a little bit much comedy central saw what was going on. So we need to make this a series. And they were on board because comedy central was kind of on board with their sensibilities. Fox wanted to tone it down. So they went into production for South park. Orgasmo was released. It was panned. It didn't make any money. Um, so in the meantime, while they're working on South Park, these two believed that um, that they weren't going to go past the season. They thought they kind of bottomed out. So when the offer from Zucker came up to be like, hey, you should star in this film called Basketball, they took it because they thought they were going to be done with their animation deal. They thought they're going to be canceled. So... Um, at that point before like South park actually premiered, they're in the process of like being in this film. South park premieres in August 97. It makes gangbusters ratings numbers. People are crazy about it. Uh, it ends up becoming the situation where so much money was being made by merchandising and this, the series that comedy central believed that they could break off from MTV, which they do. Um, so they become comedy central as you know, it now would not exist without South park. Um, and then eventually they get in board and they get a cut of the merchandising, but they honestly believe they weren't going to make it. That's why they're in this movie. Okay. I, I think that that's, that's interesting. And I do remember, like I said, you know, my experience with it only goes back for a season. I do remember how big South Park was. And I, I, I hate to compare it to other animated things, but like, I remember, Specifically with like Beavis and Butthead, Beavis and Butthead just sort of like came out of nowhere. It blew everyone away. Yeah. I, I think that's very much what happened with South Park was that nobody thought it was going to be anything. And then it just came out of nowhere and just immediately gravitated towards it. And it just blew up. Um, and I, I think that, uh, well, it's not but this, uh, this film and I haven't watched the documentary in a while. There is a documentary about the writing of an episode of South Park that I, I've seen that's 
It's like seven uh, days to air or something. I think it's about the yeah. week process. Yeah, it's it's the week process of how they try and put an episode together. Um, and it's fascinating because it's, it's also has other writers in it. It's got Bill Hader, I believe, was a writer at the time. And um, it's a fascinating documentary. I would say that even if you're somebody who's not a fan of those guys, I would highly recommend checking that documentary out. because it's, it's incredibly interesting to see the process of them trying to put this thing together in a week. Yeah. So I just wanted to at least, at least present like where they were, like where they had been burned a couple of times. So they're like, they, they said that they wouldn't say no to a, like an offer and that's how they ended up in this. So, but Zucker knew them. He liked their sensibilities. Uh, basketball was originally a project pitched to Chris Farley. He said, no. And then they brought these both, both these guys in here. And then they also worked with Zucker. They gave different like suggestions, like the character of squeak uh, was made out of whole cloth from them suggesting him. So you get the idea that Zucker was like listening to them because he liked their, their comic sensibilities. And I feel like their fingerprints are all over this film. So with that being said, that's where we're at now. 1998 um, here. I'll also give a little bit of color too. So when this film came out, um, so, uh, where do I have this here? Uh, new releases for the week in this film came out where the parent trap with Lindsay Lohan, the negotiator ever after, um, the week before this film came out, saving private Ryan came out. So no one was going to do well. Um, Titanic had ended its run at number one, April 2nd. So not that far away. Um, like that's, that's the cinematic world you're in where this weird, goofy comedy is coming into Titanic having this huge run. And then Spielberg being like, I'm going to put this world war two epic out. That's going to make everybody ball their eyes out with Tom Hanks. It was not probably the most fertile ground for this thing to exist in. Uh, number one song when this came out was the boy is mine by Brandy and Monica. Do you remember that song? I don't remember that song. I remember Brandy. Yeah. I don't remember. I think it's song. a cover of the Michael Jackson song, right? The Michael Jackson, um, uh, Paul McCartney song, the boy is mine. Uh, and I also want to just give a little bit of also uh, point of reference. Um, 1998 uh, here. You tell me, what do you think? Number one show? Like the, like I have a list here of uh, top 30 TV shows. Just give me some shows from like 98. Do you think that we're in the top? Seinfeld friends, the single guy, uh, the Simpsons X files, I, I got five right there. Okay. Well, Fred, friends is in there. You mentioned, um, the X files that's in there as well. Uh, the single guy with, um, Jonathan Silverman's not in there. <laughs> I remember who the lead was. The Simpsons aren't in there either. Um, really? Yeah. Okay. So, so no, was Seinfeld in there? Uh, where's it at? That's no their last season. I remember like, no. how is that possible? So it says top rated, uh, programs oh, at this ER. time. ER was number one. Friends is number two. Frasier is number three. Monday night football is number four. Veronica's closet, uh, with another show called Jesse, which I think I remember that. What is that? That okay, was so the um, single guy had already been off the air and mm-hmm. Jesse was, um, Oh God, Kelly Bundy. Why can't yeah. Christine Applegate. Name? I just saw that. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it ran for two seasons, but it was like highly rated the first season, I guess. Uh, Touched yeah. by Angel was in there somewhere. Who cares? A cool. home improvement. Uh, all right. Um, the Drew Carey show shared uh, the 14th slot with 2020. Um, but yeah. Uh, 
I, I, I got to say this real quick because yeah. uh, I don't want to derail this at all because I usually do. Um, but I want to revisit the Drew Carey show so badly and it's not streaming anywhere nope. because of licensing issues with the music. I loved the Drew Carey show. And yes, there's the Cleveland connection and all that stuff, but it's a funny show. Man, it's a really funny show. I, I, I wish I could get a box set of it. Any streaming service that can get that and night court, you'll have my money. That's what I will yeah. always say. But so, yeah, uh, I know we're like, we're already an hour and 45 into this. I know it's not cool to call out times, but we've not even talked about the film. I just wanted to set the ground for where we're at. So we got Trey Parker, Matt Stone. We have um, Yasmin Belief in this, Jenny McCarthy, Ernest Borgnine. You know, he's, a, he's a, in as long as for a hot dog. Robert goddamn Vaughn classing up the joint as Baxter Kane. Um, I also want to point out that we have Bob Costas and Al Michaels. Uh, being really creepy. Uh, and then um, we also have, uh, Steve wanted to call out, uh, we have uh, Robert Stack. Where 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 we got, let me hear, there we go. Update. <laughs> Update. We don't know where this guy is. <laughs> what happened to Coop? <laughs> Oh, so yeah, we got Robert Stack, which I want to point out, he was an airplane, right? So it was good to have him in there. We also got uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who was also an airplane, showing up for a half second. I hope that joke made you laugh with him in this. Uh, we got It Ka- did, yeah. it, and that was the first thing I thought of, was I was like, oh, it's a nice callback to airplane, because he was yeah. in that. Uh, we got, uh, 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 was it uh, Dan Patrick, uh, Reggie Jackson. Uh, we have Dale Earnhardt Sr., which I forgot about. In this film, that's kind of like, it's, like I said, it's taken the piss out of sports films with sports tropes. But yes, all right. So let's just get to the the the, the meat of it here. Um, you like so this is your first time watching it. I know, like '98 was a like a long time ago. Um, this movie is is '90s as hell, and I know you're not the biggest South Park guy, but did you enjoy this film? So here is what I would say about it. Uh, did I enjoy it enough that I would want to own it? No. Boo. All right, go ahead. Did I, continue. Did I enjoy it enough that if it was on TV, I would watch it? Like there, I feel like there are movies that we all have that we're like, yeah, I liked it, but I don't know that I need to own it. And if it's on TV, like, for instance, if Starship Troopers is on, I don't really love that movie, but if it's on, I'll leave it on. I'll be like, oh, this is the part where, you know, the guy gets head blown off or, you know they like attack the brain of the, the monster or something along those lines. I would, I will stop and watch those movies if they're just occasionally on, um, or I won't continue to look for something else. We'll put it that way. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it enough to say that, like I would watch it if it was on. And it's funny to say that now that we're in a streaming world where most of your content is streaming and it's not really like, you know, I haven't had cable in years. So, it's not really going to be a something that's going to come up. Um, but I, I enjoyed it enough that I would, I would rewatch it. Um, uh, but I don't know that it's a movie. And when I say own it, I, I had to make a decision, uh, cause I could rent it or buy it. And I decided to rent it instead of doing the blind buy, which I've done for some movies and regretted. <laughs> I don't know that I would have regretted this, but I, I don't know that I would have been eager to revisit it. There are things that make me laugh in it. There are things that I really enjoyed about the movie, but it's it's maybe like, you know, 
if we're going a letterbox type rating, it's maybe a two, two and a half star movie. For me. Oh, you're hurting me. But no, no, it's fair. So I own this film on DVD, but when I was too lazy and I was like, I'm upstairs. I want to pay $4 and just watch it. Um, like if there's a Blu-ray that's ever released this, I'll, I'll buy it. Like I, I adore this film and I know that I'm being biased, but I think this is also one that does reward repeat viewings because of the Zucker foreground background stuff going on. Um, like the sequence with, um, what was it? Free range chicken night that was going on with, uh, the one, the one, um, about like, not like Las Vegas or whatever it was, all the chicken gags that were going on in the background and foreground make me laugh still, especially the guy taking the broom and sweeping it into like the big vacuum. Like right. that's funny to me. I don't know what it is, but, um, so, but, uh, so I want to ask you and we'll get into like a little bit more specifics in terms of this being like an underdog sports movie. I know you talk about like, this is more of a genre parody film. Does it kind of check the boxes of an underdog sports film though? I, like, I believe it does. How do you feel about that? Like, do you actually give a shit about the Milwaukee beers actually winning the Denslow cup? Boy, I want to say yes, but I also feel like I already knew that they were going to win. I was actually kind of rooting for them to lose. <laughs> I was kind of hoping that there would be like a, a turn where it's like, oh, my God, they it, it's like in the first Rocky, like, you know, Rocky doesn't actually win. He goes the distance and it's more about that. I, I kind of thought that maybe they would give us a turn like uh, there's another movie that I would say that's in the same vein or a similar vein would be dodgeball. And, you know, I think that that manages, will they pull it off thing a lot better um, than this does? And it's unfair to compare the two movies, but no, I don't think dodgeball would exist without this film. I think that there's that weird, like we're, this is a professional sport. That's a thing that people don't normally pay money to watch. I think they're, I think they're close together. Okay. So I'm not crazy at least going out on that ledge, but I feel like with major league, for instance, I keep going back to major league, but what works about that film is, is that uh, the whole team has to come together because the owner is against them and they have to win to just, you know, in spite of all the things that are happening to them. I think that with this, the stakes are never real enough that I ever invested in like wanting them to really pull it out. There are some really funny moments revolving around that idea. And I'll give the film credit for it's an interesting juxtaposition juxtaposition because the film has cheerleaders in like lingerie, but at the same time picks Jenny McCarthy and Yasmin Bleeth, who were at that time, I think probably two of the hottest women, if you will, and when I'm saying hottest, I mean, like, as far as, like, being it girls at the time. Uh, and and Playboy, uh, you know, uh, Playboy, yeah. Playmate, Victoria Silstead or whatever her name is. You know, sorry, please go ahead. Right. Like, I, I give them credit for, like, neither of them ever, like, show any sort of skin. Um, it's it's interesting that, like, they, they take these two, like, super attractive women and give them roles that are, you know, yes, being believed is more of a straight woman than anything. And Jane McCarthy, like her role is completely comedic, but there's never a shot of her like in a, you know, a, a small bikini or, you know what I mean? Like they never use, they have two 
sex symbols, I guess is a better way of putting it, for that time in the movie. And they don't use either of them in that way. I think that's very interesting, particularly since there's so much of it else going around them with, you know, cheerleaders in lingerie and cheerleaders in like leather getups, I think. And yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, there, there's that kind of like cringy 90s sexualization, but you're right. Like Jenny McCarthy's character of, of Yvette Denslow, how she never picked up on like a, um, like, uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, not an allegory, but like, a, just, you know, she never picked up on India window. That's like with, uh, like something about like, was it taking the polish off of a trailer hitch? Like that's a funny gag or laying some carpet. That's a funny gag. And she commits to it. And I thought that was really funny that like they kept like subverting expectations the entire time. Um, and I also, I a credit to Robert Vaughn, who is like a legitimately serious actor. He's like, he's like the Leslie Nielsen of this film where, He's just befuddled in the straight man the entire time. Really funny, right? Um, but like, I, I, let me just ask you. As much as I know, I like I I would rate this film a four plus because I feel like it's. I just I like I said I'm tickled by this thing the entire time. How did you feel about the chemistry between Trey and Matt? Because cre- clearly they grew like they went to college together. They 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 did one movie actually they did two movies together, but this is like their first like big Hollywood thing you're casting some relative unknowns to lead your film. How did you feel about their chemistry together? I have two thoughts about it. The first one is, is that I think that they actually play off each other really well. And I think that they do. You buy that. These guys are old friends. You completely buy it on that same token. I don't know that I ever buy any conflict between them. Even, even if something as silly as say, Wayne's world where, you know, Wayne sort of ruins everything and like realizes he loses Garth and Tia Carrera and he's got to go back and fix his life. Even that I buy in a lot more than I do here. Um, And I don't know why, but I will also give them credit for, I think that they work well together. I think they play, I think they play off of each other incredibly well. And I give them credit for being like, we're just going to do a scene where the two of us make out. Like I thought that, that was <laughs> yeah. really funny. And I think it's a, a, a big sort of like F you to a lot of the gay humor that's in the film. So that's I, I think that they work as a pair. I just don't know that the story's there to support the thing that I'm supposed to be driven to. So how'd you feel about the dude scene where they just keep saying the word dude back and forth to each other? Like I thought, like, I thought that was great. But again, we probably have seen that done later. Like, I like that uh, there's this big emotional conflict between the both of them. They keep saying the word dude back and forth. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, maybe because uh, Bill and Ted has been so in our conscience recently, I feel like that's sort of where that originated to. So, like, it, it didn't feel, I don't know, it didn't feel <laughs> as right as when I'm hearing Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves do it to each other. How so. did you feel about Al Michaels being like a creepy older dude looking at all the cheerleaders? How'd you feel about that? One of, one of the best <laughs> lines in the movie. And again, this is very similar to airplane. Um, when uh, the young boy is up in the cockpit of the airplane and the pilot's like, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Um, (laughs) Al Michaels has a lot of deliveries that are like that he has the one point where he's like hard to believe those girls are just out of grade school or or a few years out of grade school and like they just move on like they don't (laughs) don't dwell on it but like 
that type of thing made me laugh. Because like Al Ma- Al Michaels is like this like you know elder statesman of sports casting, right? Like he he called like you know the miracle on ice. Like he's done so much. It's like and he is saying the most ridiculous shit. Him and uh, Bob Costas. Like I don't know. So, I just something about that. I I just it, I loved it. I have to say Bob Costas is an incredibly funny guy, and I'm I'm gonna derail us a little bit again talking about Bob Costas, but. When I, from like 1999 till 2002, I worked third shift at a a hotel. And basically that was 11 to 7. And I had to have the TV on in the lobby all the time. I worked the front desk. And normally in the mornings I'd have to switch over to the news. So I'd put on the Today Show. And the Today Show at the time I think was Matt Lauer and Katie Couric. But every once in a while, when one of them would be out, they'd get Bob Costas. Hmm. And anytime Bob Costas showed up, I'd be like, man, this is this is going to be something special. Bob Costas is a really funny guy. I remember, I kid you not, there's an episode of the Today Show that he was filling in on. They were debuting the Segway, and it was supposed to be this big thing that was going to change the world. And I remember, like, the reveal on him being like, oh, it's it's crazy, it's and then he does Bill Murray's line from from Ghostbusters. He's like, it's it's cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. <laughs> like, just completely shitting on the idea. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's so hilarious. Um, so he's got a really great sense of humor. Um, I, honestly, if I if I was making sports movies, I would I would immediately be like, I've got to find a spot for Bob Costas because he's he was always funny when he would be on the Today Show. Like, of all things, he's, he's not, you know, he's a sportscaster. He's not a. He's, he's not a newsman. He's not, yeah. you know, Walter Cronkite, but he's a really funny guy. I I, I really loved him and Al Michaels, both in the film. Nice. And you, we'd already mentioned Robert Stack for like a heartbeat, but you, you said to me before we started recording that this was a delight to you when it showed up. Oh, man. Uh, so when Robert Stack shows up and they start playing the Unsolved Mysteries music and they essentially turn the episode into or the movie into an episode of unsolved mysteries for like two minutes. I was all in. I was like, <laughs> this would be a great movie if it was just one long episode of, uh, unsolved mysteries and told with Robert stack, like narrating it. I would have been all over that idea. Did, I, did you like I, it in the background though? You saw someone playing solitaire Oregon <laughs> trail. Like that's what I'm talking. Like he's being so straight faced the entire time but there's shit in the background. Like it's so it works on a couple different levels. And I appreciate that. Yeah. And he, he may, he makes a mention of something and it's something that I used to pick up on all the time when I would watch unsolved mysteries is when they would give you an extraneous detail that didn't really apply to whatever it was like on an episode of unsolved mysteries. It'd be like Sheila went out for some cat food, but never returned. And it's like, why didn't you just say she went out and didn't return? Like, you've got to be specific and say it, it was cat food. He makes mention of something that's so minute, and he's just like, I I, I wish I'd written it down, but he, he, he sort of just makes light of the fact that it's an extraneous detail and makes no sense and does not need to be included in the story. Did you like the reenactment I, of showing, um, uh, was it Joe Cooper, Trey Parker's character supposedly, uh, with hanging himself in a closet and the guy's yeah. just hanging, smoking a cigarette and he starts coughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All that stuff I, I was all about. And actually oh. one of the things that made me laugh most, it's not in this segment, but it's in the hospital segment when they think the little boy is dying or is dead. 
Um, they go running into the hospital, and uh, to give a little context to the scene, there's a little boy who's supposed to be sick and dying. Like getting and a, liver a liver transplant. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Trey Parker's character of Coop is, uh, he's promised that he's going to hit three home runs. He doesn't. They rush the hospital after the game to make sure that the kid's okay, and the bed is empty. And they're, they're like, sobbing and crying, oh, my God, he's gone, he's dead, I can't believe it. And a nurse comes in and is like, he's just in the other room. And they go run around the corner to the other room. But the other room is a morgue. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. I don't know what it was. Oh. It's, uh, a, it's an airplane joke of this, like, oh, no. Yeah. And she's like, no, they're right there. And then they run off again. Like, I just... Like, you know, I don't know. Like, then later on, whenever Coop's talking to Yasmin Bleak's character, Jenna, at his house, and then she's talking about stuff, and then then um, Matt Stone is Doug Reamer, and um, was it uh, Dion uh, Bashar as Squeak Scolari? They come walking in wearing, like, surgeon gowns. It's like, look at all this cool shit we got at the hospital. It's like, shh, shh, you don't need to know about us almost killing a kid. It's a nice payoff to a dumb joke, and I thought that was really funny. Yeah, and I think he's actually even carrying like the bone saw or the <laughs> the circular yeah. saw that he was going to use in that scene. So uh, I, I I enjoyed those types of things. I will say that Squeak I found to be not problematic, but I I just I felt like he was he a was punching just bag there to be kicked. Yeah, but at least they gave him like the reason for them to listen as much as I know. He was put upon and he's the punching bag. He at least got a moment to actually like make shake them out of their situation to talk to them. And then he got made fun of again. And I get it. It's a nineties comedy. It's not right, but at least, at least they gave him some, some agency where it's like, he eventually just started leaning into, he's like, Hey, he's like, uh, cause there's the notion in this game of uh basketball that if you do something to upset the person shooting the ball and they miss, it's called a psych out. And there's this running joke about like squeak dated your sister, squeak dated your daughter. He eventually starts using that, which is terrible, but it's effective. Yeah, I, I, I boy, I mean, it's, I, I mean it, it did not age well, but at least they gave him the ability to actually do something. And he took, he was like, all right, I'm going to lean in. And I'm just going to do this and we're going to win the game. Yeah. I'm stammering because I'm still trying to get my brain around it. I just, well, how would you I feel, feel like, about earlier in the movie whenever one of their psych outs was saying the name Steve Perry over and over again? That's one of my favorite things to be like, Steve Perry. Like, I don't know why the lead singer of Journey is a psych out, but that's a thing they said to each other. Yeah, I think I think the thing that got me the most with the psych outs was the, uh, uh, the fat bag. Oh. Uh, <laughs> him yeah. saying it's still warm and salty. Oh, God. <laughs> I almost yeah. threw up. Yeah, that was bad. Um, but so, okay. Um, like I said, uh, so in terms of like this being like, I, I one day want to own a Milwaukee beer, beers jersey. I do. Like, I think that'd be a funny thing to wear to a sporting event. It's kind of like the, I support sports, but not really type of thing. It's like the ironic thing where I'd still go to a Browns game and lose my mind, but I still want to wear, I, I want a beers jersey. Um, I... I almost kind of wish the basketball was a real sport because it feels like it's pretty well thought out for what it is. Like in terms of like uh, the rotations and the ball, like those balls had to be made and printed. They're a basketball with a baseball, like, like a uh, white print with a stitching. 
that's not stitched. Like they had to make those. I kind of, especially in this day and age, like I think basketball would be kind of fun. I also think that it would be interesting to see what those guys would have done with this idea now. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of like hit and miss jokes in that movie. And I, I think that obviously there's a lot that comes with 20 years of plus of writing uh, a hit, you know, sitcom there. There's a lot of that comes with having written, you know, a successful Broadway musical, by the way, I think we glossed over book of Mormon, but like, uh, it's one of the few musicals that I've seen in person, uh, in Cleveland. And it was amazing. And I know that it's got a Josh Gad connection. I apologize. Paul, <laughs> but, uh, uh, no, I've not seen the book of Mormon, but I, I will forgive the Josh Gad connection. Uh, yeah. It's, it's really funny. And I, I, I kind of wonder like what their take would have been on it now. I think it would have been almost interesting for them to be like guys in their late forties creating this game and being the heroes. Cause they're both in their early twenties. They're still, you know, young and vibrant here. Um, and I think they're both fifty now, like in terms of like, yeah. yeah. So I, I think it would have been more interesting to see what that would have, what it would be like if they did this movie now. That's fair. So, with all that being said, we've talked about this being like an underdog movie. So you know, kind of because they won, they won their own game originally before it became professional. And then Ernest Bergnine or Ernest Bergnine showed up and was like, what did he say to him? He's like, your kids and your MTV and your Nintendo games or whatever he was saying. Yeah. I, I wish we would have gotten more of him, but also his, uh, his will reading sequence is amazing. And it just shows how much Ernest Bergnine will lean in and just do whatever's asked of him. His, his, uh, singing of, uh, I'm too sexy is pretty great. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how you feel about that, but I love how like, he's like, Hey, everybody leave the room. I'm going to talk to this one guy. And now I'm going to talk about this time. And then everybody just turns and looks at Trey Parker and the look on his face is amazing. While this is going on. The fact that nobody left, I thought that made me laugh out loud. That yeah. was a laugh out loud moment for the, for me in the movie. And how did you feel about the bit where, uh, where Cooper was driving his car and there's the song on the radio that's literally talking about what he's going through. That's being sung by him. What did you think? Like, that's a very South park thing, but how did you think about his reactions to himself singing the song about sticking with it, even though everything's turning sideways. So I didn't know that was him, but yeah, I did enjoy that quite a bit. I, I thought that was really funny that it, it kept getting, like it, it doesn't happen all at once. It kept getting deeper, and deeper <laughs> more and more specific. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just like, again, like, like let this film sit for like a year, revisit it. I think there's going to be some stuff that comes out to you later and maybe your appreciation will grow later. If not, that's fine. I just like for, so for a film that was made on a, um, here, let me find out here. Uh, it was made, um, on a $23 million budget, it made $7 million at the box office. I don't know if it deserved that kind of fate. I think this film is actually, I think it holds up decently. Not perfect. Not great. But I think it shouldn't be remembered for like being like a bomb. Um, I think this film's kind of like, like it's, it's maligned because it was like, there's a whole even bit later or whatever. Uh, Cooper's talking to Reamer. Uh, Cause like Reamer is like being like the one of the owners is whispering in his ear about like trying to change the league. And he shows up with like gold chains and sunglasses. And uh, Cooper's like, what do you, what are we selling out? And they just kind of pause for a second and look at the screen because it's like, that was right. What South Park was taking off and everybody was accusing them of selling out. That's a fun moment. 
Like it's just it's like it's a very fourth wall break of them selling out. Um, I just don't know if this film, like, I think it doesn't need to be like pushed aside to like the forgotten trash heap. I think this is a fun comedy. I agree. I think that. I think that we're going to talk about a movie next week that's going to fall in a similar vein. I don't believe it was very critically or commercially successful either. I don't know that it... I would say that it probably has a a cult following probably in the same way that this does, but I was looking at, in preparation for this, to see where it fell uh, for the year in 1998. And it was the 151st movie when it comes to uh box office um 150 was star kid (laughs) and 153 was a gone with the wind re-release so yeah i mean what's interesting though is is that shakespeare and love and i i don't have dates for when these were released so maybe this is when it was released in order for to be you know in contention for you know the Oscars, maybe, but no, you're right because it was in contention the year after because you're right. So yeah. it came so, out. Yeah, I don't. I don't mean to make it all about box office, but I was just looking. I'm like, well, where did this land that year? Was it as big as as you know? If I remember correctly, the South Park film itself was pretty big, mm-hmm. um, and I was surprised to see like how far down it was on on the list. And let's be honest, box office at this point only matters for a theatrical run anymore. It, it's not something that's going to define a movie. There's so many, so many other outlets for films to be discovered. Um, and, you know, we were just talking about Hocus Pocus. I don't know that that was a huge, big, successful film in 92 or 93, whenever that came out. But look at it now. So. Yeah. You know, maybe basketball, give it a few more years. There will be like, you know, as best. Well, I was going to say as basketball or baseball starts up again. Maybe <laughs> this is going to be, you know, a big thing where every April when baseball spring training's going on, uh, you know, or March, people will be like, yeah, I'm going to put on some basketball and put on my beers jersey and and sit down and get ready for the season. So uh, two spots above was Krippendorf's Tribe, which I don't remember that film. That was Richard Dreyfuss and uh, Jenna Elfman, I think. Oh, yes. Yeah, I saw that. I, saw, I don't know if I saw it in the theater, but I definitely saw it. And then I just want to point out that, uh, where's it at? Uh, Air Bud Golden Receiver did better? <laughs> oh, no. Um, uh, what was it? Uh, where was it? I saw here. An American Werewolf in Paris did better? No. So Blues, the postman. Yeah, Blues Brothers 2000 did better. Um, yeah, the Big Lebowski did better, which, you know, that deserves it. But I also saw, uh, what was it, um, Dirty Work did better, which Dirty Work's a funny movie too, but I wouldn't say it's good as uh, basketball. But I do have a soft spot for Dirty Work. Um, Dirty Work has my favorite line of uh, Bob Saget uh <laughs> Ever in a film. I can't repeat it on the show. But. No, but my favorite line for that movie is like, note to self, Aunt Jenny is your aunt. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about dirty work at some point because I that's another I don't even call it a guilty pleasure. I'll openly admit it, just like this. I, I love this too. Like uh one of my other favorite movies to watch on a loop is like I could watch this um hot rod. That's also kind of a sports film. It's an underdog film. Like, I love that movie. Um, but I still feel like, I mean, I know that 
this one left you feeling a little flat in terms of like the, the conflicts and everything. I just, I, I will argue that some of the tendencies later of David Zucker get to be a bit much like to the point to where it's constant visual gags as opposed to letting the characters tell jokes. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's tempered here because I feel like the chemistry between uh, Parker and Stone is so good that you kind of let them run a little bit. Um, I There's the whole bit too where, what was it? Um, uh, Stone comes up and is talking to Yasmin Bleeth and he says something about like, he did something and then uh, uh, Parker's like, you don't love kids, you love Taco Bell. Like I love... Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> Just the way he says that it's like, it's, it's so great. I love it, but uh, I'm glad that we got a chance to talk about this film. Um, it's not perfect. I mean, you know, but I think it's, I think it's worth $4 to rent and watch people have not seen in a long time, but I think it's important to see because these guys thought they were on the way out uh, when they, when they committed to this. And it turns out like the best was yet to come because South Park got picked up. And then even a couple years later, they did bigger, longer on cuts. And then, like team America, you mentioned the book of Mormon, like they've, they've come out swinging and are, are now like masters of their own destiny. Right. So, uh, interesting point in which they thought they had nothing to lose because they're going to crash and burn. So we might, might as well be in this movie. And I think they acquitted themselves pretty well. What's interesting too. And I, I keep looking at the year, uh, that films came out. Star Trek Insurrection came out that year and did way better. And Star Trek Insurrection is one of my lesser favorite Star Trek films. So what? Like, wow. I... What? No, that's a hot take. What? That's a, that's a 20 plus year hot take. I love Insurrection. Really? What do you mean? Really? It has the Borg in it. It's pretty great. No, no, no. You're thinking first contact. Oh, sorry. You're right. Insurrection is the, the two hour long. <laughs> Uh, that's the one with um, the 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 aliens with the loose skin, right? That's the one. Yeah. Okay. It, it would be a Sorry. decent episode if it was an episode of the show. As a movie, it's not great. My apologies. Yeah. I I take that back. <laughs> Insurrection is okay, not great. Yeah. And it kind of it kind of yeah it kind of screwed up the whole thing. I mean, two spots above that is Halloween H two O. Twenty years later, so I mean. Uh, it's interesting looking at that year. Like I, I was surprised at how far down it was. I mean, for God's sake, spice world did better. Spice world. <laughs> well, say, you know, there, you know, the, the, uh, uh, apparently there was a re-release of Greece that did better. So all oh, the wizard of Oz re-released did better too. So let's yeah. just note that. So, so it's, it's an interesting year to look at as far as like numbers go. And like, honestly, uh, yeah, movies are not defined by their box office these days. Uh, it's really about where they land with, you know, consumers afterwards. And uh, I, I think that I think that, you know, there's probably a devoted fan base like yourself that really enjoy this movie. And there's nothing nothing wrong with that. I think also sometimes we have the ability, you know, to poo poo things. Uh, when it was like my argument against lower decks where I was like, yeah, I wouldn't my cup of tea, but I, I don't want to begrudge anybody who enjoys it. And this is one of those things where you really enjoy it. And I'm sure somebody will take us to task for strange brew next week. Cause I don't, I don't know that many people who love that movie the way that I do. And probably you do. I, I love so. that film. And I, again, I, what I'm going to say to you and everybody else that may have not seen this, like the first time through, like when it came out or later, 
like just watch it, let it sit revisit it later. Cause you know, like the broad strokes and like how weird it is. Like even the bit later, whatever um, Reggie Jackson shows up, like it's great where he's like, trying to talk to Coop and Coop's like, I don't have your goddamn ball. Which I'm, I, I, I paraphrased is yeah. it's like, it's, it's funny. Like it's a funny little button on everything. Uh, but I don't know. I just think that, uh, I think this is a fun watch and I think it's worth the time. Um, it's worth $4. And if it's on the background, definitely give it a shot. So, but I feel like that gets you in the mood for like, yeah, sports, um, which I know that you're not so much on, but there's, a, there's a handful of sports films that I don't want to step on. Cause I know we've got the quiz coming up here in a second that I would reference that I feel like are kind of the same boat. So let's, uh, let's wrap up our discussion about this and then we'll uh, get to your sports quiz. And then I will uh, randomly mention other sports films that may or may not be on that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, the last note on box office in 1998, the psycho remake with Anne Heche and, uh, Oh God, why Vince can't Vaughn. Name? Vince Vaughn. Thank you. I wanted to say Donofrio and I'm like, that's not correct was 85 like it did double the box office or more which is surprising to me because well, i don't know anybody who loves that psycho remake i saw it in the theater so. um and i'll say the bit whatever uh norman's mother attacks the cop at the top of the stairs mm-hmm. was like it's it's a shot for shot remake right we know gus van zandt did that um when i was in the theater you could tell that like more than half the people had not seen psycho before they jumped and I, that tells me that people can shit all over that remake. That's a shot for mm-hmm. shot. If that's what you brought you to the theater and it still got you, it works. That's what I'll say about that. Yeah. I, I've actually not seen the remake, but I just, it was surprising to me because I remember that being so, you know, in line with what you're saying about this being, you know, critically or financially, um, uh, I don't want to say broken, but like, yeah, uh, it was kind of shit on. And like, but yeah. look, look at again, Titanic just came out, which I mean, people's opinions of that have changed over the years, but saving private Ryan was in the theater. Uh, that's still a phenomenal movie. I remember seeing that in theater and being in tears in the first like 20 minutes. Like, you know, just sometimes some films are not, um, not beneficial to the times they were released. And I'm hoping that if people want to see an irreverent comedy, that's as dumb, but also smartly dumb at times, check this out. I think, I think it's worth like the hour and 40 minutes to watch it. Yeah. And I'd say if it's on TV and you can watch it for free, even better, <laughs> even better. So that's going to do it for our talk about basketball. I hope you guys uh, have an opinion. You can share it on our Facebook page or you can email us directly at invading podcast at gmail.com. Uh, wherever you find your podcast, because it seems like that's always changing to the Googles, to the YouTubes, to the Apples, to the iPods, I don't know, to the A-Track players and Memorex cassette tapes. Wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us. That'd be greatly appreciated. And Steve, how can people find you? You can find me at the Saturday Night Slasher.com. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram under the Saturday Night Slasher. Uh, you can visit our Etsy store, although it's still quote-unquote on vacation uh because we're looking for a new way to sell our merchandise but uh if you're interested please check out the website and uh, uh 
hit us up and let me know if you're reading it. So Yeah, and don't review Bomb Him for not releasing everything all at once. That's what I gotta <laughs> say about that. You should review us you should bomb us though for not having more content. So <laughs> that's that's squarely on my shoulders. Yeah. So bring it, bomb me. All right. So yeah, that's our talk about basketball, but we're now we're going into a quiz about sports films. Time to play the game. Time to play the game! <laughs> All right, so I feel like I should also say that some of these are tangentially uh, related to sports. So uh, most of these are sports films, but some of them just have different um, or smaller applications to sports in general. Like, for instance, our first question here, okay. as we jump into it, in the film Clerks, what game do they close the quick stop to play on the roof? Now, hockey. Would you like it's me? hockey on oh. the roof. All right. I was going to say, I can give you options, or you can just answer it. But yeah. yes, that's that's correct. Hockey on the roof. Uh, one of my favorite things about that scene is, is that uh, Scott Moser, who I mentioned earlier as being Kevin Smith's producer, and partner on on a lot of his films uh, appears twice in that scene, both as the guy who's angry that the store is closed, and then Willem, who is uh, <laughs> the guy who yeah. uh, his uh, girlfriend Veronica had gone out with on a few occasions. Yeah, put part, it that way. Part of the snowball conversation, I yes. get it. Yes, but I, I love the fact that like he's in that scene twice, <laughs> at different characters. So. Um, Some shipping right. going on. I get it. <laughs> Next one's a little bit more in the alleyway of the film that we were just talking about. Can you tell me, Paul, what are the five D's of dodgeball? Oh, shit. I've, I've not seen this movie all the way through. So, nope. I'm really surprised by that because I, I thought for sure with your love of, dodge, of, of, of dodgeball, <laughs> of basketball, that this would be a film that would be right up your alley. <laughs> so... Uh, the five D's of dodgeball are dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. Oh, all right. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I've seen that whole film start to finish, like, all the way through. And I've seen bits, and I've seen, like, the credit sequence. But, yeah, I know well, it's weird. It's this. weird. If you were training to, to play dodgeball and you had to dodge something, what would it be if a it wrench. wasn't a ball? I know it was a wrench. But I also know that um oh Alan Tudyk is was it Pirate Steve is that his name? Yes. Yeah, Steve the Pirate. Sorry. Uh, yeah. I I don't know that I'm gonna like go to bat for dodgeball, but I feel like in a world where we just spent an hour plus probably talking about baseball, <laughs> we could probably talk about dodgeball. That's fair. I, I mean, I you enjoy know. that movie. Yes. So, all right. So this next one here uh, is very particular to things that I talk about a lot, but uh, what future Scrubs actor appears in Major League in a small role? Would you like options, or do you know the answer? Options, please. Okay. Uh, first one is John C. McGinley, who is Dr. Cox. Second is... Uh, um, I'm sorry. Uh, Zach Braff, who was JD. Third is Donald Faison, who uh, was Chris Turk. Or is it uh, D. Neil Flynn, who was the janitor? Neil Flynn. That is correct. He pops up uh, a couple times as a local Clevelander uh, talking about how much the team sucks. 
<laughs> Fair enough. I want to. I want to fold that into my janitor headcanon. I love the fact that he uh, also was the guy in the Fugitive. So <laughs> yes, I like. I like that they reference that in Scrubs, where it's implied that he's the same guy in the Fugitive, right? Like the janitor there, or whatever it is he is. If I can't, yeah, remember, yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, so the next one here uh, is a Jerry Maguire mo- question. Have you ever seen Jerry Maguire? Oh, just just try it. Well, I know you're a Tom Cruise fan, so that, I figured it's the same. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, I mean, I, yes, I do appreciate some of his films. I mean, that's why you joined Scientology, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> my thetans have been cleared out so much. <laughs> Alrighty, um, so in Jerry Maguire... What team did Cuba Gooding Jr.'s Rod Tidwell play for? Oh, the Arizona Cardinals. I know that. Well, look at yeah. you. I, I even was going to give you options. No, I know. Right I knew that because the Cardinal helmet. Like, so here, here's your knowledge. I don't know if you know this or not. Arizona Cardinals were transported from St. Louis, which was transported from Cleveland. I did not know that. That's fascinating. And yeah, I, I think it was St. Thing. Louis. I think we're Chicago. It's one of the. It's, I think either way, they started in Cleveland. I know that. So uh, I will say one of the things about I always joke. We always joke about the fact that I'm not really a Tom Cruise guy. I used to be a very big Tom Cruise fan. I used to love Jerry Maguire, um, and it's a movie that I haven't watched in a very long time, uh, simply because of I can't see beyond the crazy. But <laughs> I, <laughs> I have to say that like. Jerry Maguire for a very long time was like up there for me. I used to love that movie. Um, so and I actually still think it's a great performance by him. Um, and I think that there's a, a lot of magic in camera Crow's script. So, okay. I take this uh, back. I have to, I have to uh, put a, a correction out. So just deal with it here. One second. Okay. I have to do one of these. Uh, Game over, Um, they're actually from Chicago. They went to St. Louis and became the Arizona Cardinals. The Los Angeles Rams started in Cleveland. That's the correction. Um, but I know I've not seen this. Um, I know, I know show me the money, all this. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've heard this is a wonderful film. Um, but yeah, I can, I can understand having a problem separating the content from the people involved. Yeah, I, I know. I joke about Tom Cruise all the time. I just thought I should give him props for a movie that I used to really love. So, alrighty. So the next one here, uh, we're going to go back to basketball a little bit. And, uh, there was a movie about golf that Robert, Robert Stack was in. And I'm going to ask you which one of these movies did Robert, Robert Stack appear in. That was about golf. Is it a tin cup? Is it B Caddyshack two? <laughs> Is it C happy Gilmore? Or D, The Ledger of Beggar Vance? Uh, I I know it wasn't Happy Gilmore. So <laughs> I have a one in three at this point. He's going to go to Red Lobster. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, um. oh, shit, what's that guy's name? I remember it. It's like, ah, oh, I got, you know, got some gift tips because it's Red Lobster. <laughs> you know. Um, I'm going to say Caddyshack 2. That is correct. He's basically playing the Ted Knight role of the stuffy upper crust gentleman who uh, that seems about right uh, golfing at the club. Okay. So, uh, not many people talk about Caddyshack too. I mean, there's a reason for that, but um, mm. I thought it was interesting. 
So did Kenny Loggins do a song for Cash Act too? That's the important I question. Don't believe so. <laughs> I'm all right as, as well. I'm all right still. That's the name of the song. And that film—that's one of the few films that also uh, gives us the uh, the knowledge that says uh, when you don't have Bill Murray available and you hire Dan Aykroyd, you're not getting Bill Murray. <laughs> so fair enough. <laughs> and when Chevy Chase is available, okay, that you know. Yeah, Chevy Chase appears for like two scenes in the movie, but they couldn't get Bill Murray to reprise his role, so they got he knew Dan Aykroyd doing yeah. like a different character that was not nearly as interesting so all right uh next one here what weird science actress appears in the film kingpin oh vanessa angel it's vanessa angel all right boy you're just knocking these out of the park well because vanessa angel is a hottie and she's really funny in kingpin and she was in the weird she was in the weird science tv series not the movie It could have been American Ninja and Weird Sciences, Judy Aronson. I didn't even get to ask, didn't even get to like ask you which ones it was. But you didn't specify film or TV series, right? That's fair. Okay. But it was Vanessa Angel, right? So that's the right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Apparently I did not put together a very good quiz this evening. (laughs) No, Um, that's not true. I just, my brain is full of stuff and not people I went to high school with, which I prefer. All right. That's fair. All right, we've only got three questions left, so let's power through. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what fictional team does uh, Scott Bakula play for in Necessary Roughness? <laughs> Would you like options? Yeah, please. Guy. I can't remember it? specifically, but I'll know it when I hear it. All righty. Is it A, the Angry Beavers? <laughs> is it B, the Fighting Armadillos? Is it C, the Diabetic Bears? Or D, the Cleveland Browns. It's B. I know. I know you were like you told me uh, last week that you were worried that I was going to pitch uh, unnecessary, sorry, necessary roughness to you to watch. I wasn't worried. I saw that movie in the theater. I don't think I've seen it since, so I have no real recollections of it. But um, I would rewatch that movie. But I, it's just, it's a movie that, for ironically not having seen in, uh, God, it might be close to thirty years. <laughs> I don't really remember that much about it. So I just think it's an episode of Quantum Leap, and I think it'd be great to watch. <laughs> I also want to point out that I, I, I picked the Diabetic Bears because I believe that was from uh, the Clerks episode <laughs> where they're uh, <laughs> playing baseball with uh, Jay and Silent Bob uh, on the team. That's so. okay. That that's fair. I just I want I want to do uh, I want to watch uh, Necessary Roughness and then talk about Kathy Ireland being in um, Alien Alien from Alien. LA. <laughs> Yes, that's all. I, I secretly just want to talk about Alien from L.A. I would be down for that. All right, that's a Golden Globes production. That's a Canon film that was Canon released, so we could we could revisit the year of Canon and talk about it. Maybe we should do that every once in a while. Like, uh, you know, and I realize this is probably off uh, off mic talk, but like maybe we should do. A year of the knockoff episode, just occasionally, or a year of canon. Well, let's just do. How about next year? Just be the year of things we've done before, and then um, we can just randomly pick things. I think that would be. I think we deserve a victory lap for all the things that we've talked about. I think so. We could do some knockoffs. We could do some canon. Yeah, I think that would be. uh, I think it'd be funny. Because there was a lot of both that we didn't get to. And then once we got. 
the, there's the Italian yeah, film Endgame. Get a year animation. It's not like we're gonna. That's fair, but there's that Italian film I showed you. Operation was it Operation Endgame or whatever it was that you're like. This is actually pretty good. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. let's just we can talk about it. That'd be amazing. <laughs> so yeah, I think we should keep that in mind for the future. Because <laughs> obviously, year, after we get out of this year, we're not going to stop talking about animation. The, this year, next year will be the year of table scraps. So that's what we're going to we're going to call it. That would be great. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. I kind of like that idea. All right, <laughs> two questions or three questions still to go. Okay. Um, I think I said three questions before because I probably suck at math. But uh, this is question number eight. What is the name of the bat used by Robert Redford's Roy Hobbs in 1984's The Natural? Would you like some options? Oh, it's Wonder Boy, right? It is Wonder Boy. Okay. So uh, I just want to give you my... uh, Please, please give me your options. Uh, One was Tenacious B. (laughs) Uh, One was Billy Batter. And another one was Superb Bat. (laughs) <laughs> and I only brought that up because there's an episode of the What We Do in the Shadows TV show where they get invited to a Super Bowl party, but they don't realize that it's two words and they think it's the superb owl. <laughs> oh, I need to watch this. I need to get caught up. <laughs> so the entire episode, they're talking about where is the superb owl that we're supposed to see? <laughs> I just There was an episode of the Gary Shandling show. This is really dating things where he was good at ping pong. And he had um, he had carved uh, a ping pong paddle out of a tree that was struck by lightning, and he called it Padel, and he put a lightning bolt on it. <laughs> and anytime he opened the bag, there'd be like light shining out of it. He grabbed the paddle, and then towards the end, like the paddle broke, and then like a kid came up. And he was like, "Use mine," and it said "Spare Padel" on it. <laughs> like, <laughs> But they even they even do that in basketball with uh, Lazy Boy and Barco Lounger, where the the basketball was built out of like the pl- like the fake leather, right? Like they do the natural callback in that movie. Yeah, that, there's an episode of The Simpsons where Homer has a a, a bat called the Wonder Bat. So. Yeah, but he he uh, took shelter under the tallest tree in a field <laughs> yeah. while grabbing a piece of metal. What was it? Metal uh, sheeting. Like yeah. during a lightning storm, right? Yeah, it's amazing. So. <laughs> All righty. Question nine. This one here is probably going to hit a little close to home, so I'm going to apologize in advance. Oh, no. But what sports movie features uh, appearances by Bill Murray, Wayne Knight, and Charles Barkley? Oh, God damn it. Just no. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> We're done. I'm not answering that question. No. Nope. We're done. For those of you playing along at home, that movie would be Space Jam. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. All right. I thought you were going to be like, what film has Kevin Costner and Chadwick Boseman? And I'm like, oh, Draft Day. And it was the Browns. No. You had to go to goddamn Space Jam. Okay, great. All right. Well, I got one last question here. Okay. And what's great about it is is because it, it, it puts two things that I love together. All righty. So, uh, actor Agnes uh, McInnes played Jean Rosie LaRose in Strange Brew. Mm. Uh, what character did he play in the original Star Wars? Oh, shit. I don't know, but I just know that he played for the Canadians and Strange Brew. 
and uh, he's like, "Do I have change for two fives? And he just punched somebody. Um, I don't <laughs> we'll know. We'll talk about him more next week. Yeah, I don't know what he played in the original Star Wars. I do not know. Do you want options then? Sure. Okay. So was he uh, blue leader? Was he gold leader? Was he Darth Vader's? Um, second in command. He's not actually given a name, but he was Darth Vader's second in command. Or was he the bartender at the cantina? It <sighs> blue leader, the first one. You're close. He's gold leader. Okay. Yeah, I just yeah, I, I just we'll talk about Strange Brew next week. That's that's our title. That's a good question. I had no clue. No clue. I just thought it would be a nice way to dovetail into next week's episode. But he plays for the Canadians, right? He was originally in the Canadians. That's the whole thing, right? And he ends up uh, at the mental institution with uh, we'll talk about that next week. This will be a fun talk. Um, so real quick and by the, by real quick, I mean, we're already two hours and 40 minutes into this. I like that. My original vision for this podcast was 90 minutes and out the door. <laughs> I came along and ruined everything. <laughs> I think we've been goddamn entertaining the entire time. So whatever. Anyway, well, uh, we're both drunk. <laughs> I maybe no, I, yes, uh, no, uh, okay. No, I, like as I described, I, I described our show on talk without rhythm, Steve and I start talking and we drink and then it eventually goes somewhere. I think, I think I described it. So that's what happens. But favorite sports films. I didn't know we were going to go with this. Uh, slap shot is amazing. Um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Goon, that's another hockey film that has, uh, um, was it Sean Michael, um, uh, Stifler, Sean Williams, Sean Williams Scott. That's his name. Yeah. I was going to say Sean Michael Scott. That's not right. That's a really great movie too. Uh, Miracle that's available on uh, Disney plus right now. That's about the 1980, um, like hockey team fighting the, not fighting, playing the Soviets. Uh, Al Michaels is that too, not being nearly as creepy. That's a great film. Uh, Mystery Alaska. I just named four hockey films that I love a great deal. Mystery Alaska is great. I think maybe somebody really enjoys hockey. I have a, I, you know, I appreciate it. But um, if you've not seen any of those films, they're they're awesome. Um, Mystery Alaska needs a little bit more credit. It's a fun movie. Uh, Burt Reynolds plays the coach of the team. That he has some great moments too. So, but. Uh, Little Richard also has an amazing moment in that film. And Mike Myers shows up for a half second as well. But um, do you have like a preferred, like you made, you mentioned major league. Do you have any other sports films that you dig? Uh, I mean, if we're talking hockey, I don't know how you can have the conversation without mentioning mighty ducks one or mighty ducks two or mighty ducks three. Um, <laughs> No, but honestly, uh, when they became a a team, I actually, it's the only hockey jersey I've ever owned. I had a Mighty Ducks jersey, like, back in, like, 95, maybe. Can Um, can I I drop some knowledge on you? Sure. I've never seen a Mighty Ducks film. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're not great. No, but (laughs) I also owned, I owned a goalie cut uh, Mighty Ducks, like the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, like, with the actual bill and shit. Like, Mm -hmm. I like that logo. I ended up owning, owning a goalie cut, meaning... Goalie cut jerseys were bigger because they fit over goalie gear. So it was a professional weight jersey that was way bigger than it had any right being. Like the body and the arms are bigger because they're wearing like, you know, gear that could absorb being shot by a puck. Like um, I used to have a Ducks jersey. Like I thought that was always funny. Um, But I've not seen those films. 
All right. So my serious answer is is probably yeah, Major League is is up there. Uh, the Rocky series, obviously. And while this isn't isn't a film, I would say that. Uh, um, and again, this goes back to actually the time that this was going on. I believe it started in '98 and only ran for two seasons. There was a series called Sports Night. Oh uh, yeah, it was yeah, written yeah. by Aaron Sorkin and. Um, it only ran for two seasons on ABC. It was an amazing show. Um, I, I quite loved sports night when it ran. It was essentially like a, a behind the scenes in the ESPN uh, sports center type show. And uh, there's some amazing performances, some amazing writing in it. And every time I revisit it, I'm like, God, I wish I had gotten more of this. So, I, I mean, I'm surprised that you put solar babies in your discussion. Um... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I end on Aaron Sorkin, and then I go right into Silver Baby. <laughs> you know, Bodai. But anyway, so, all right. That's going to do it for us this week uh, for our episode that's average length. Um, so next week, we're talking about Strange Brew. It is the Rick Moranis, Dave Thomas comedy. The only SCTV, TV? That's not what I, the only SCTV skit that actually ever made it to becoming a full-fledged, full-on film um, I adore this film. We've always kind of kicked the tires about doing this. We always fall into October and then do spooky stuff. We're talking about Strange Brew. This is going to be a lot of fun. I hope you guys join us for that. Yep. Come in. We're going to have lots of beer. Like heaven.
Baby, this is hell. She said she'd do it all again. She promised.